Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you exclusively on KISS FM by J. Michael. Fashion for everyone. Good morning, Sandy. Hi. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? Are good. What do you have for us this morning? Awesome. All right. So um, the investigation into the house fire continues. Home Gas issued a press statement yesterday saying that they're collaborating with um, all arms, including the police, the fire service, and Offreg to try to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Um, they also expressed their deep, deepest sympathy for the individuals and surrounding community that were impacted by the explosion um, in the Newlands area. You know, so, you know what I was thinking? Do we have any sort of bomb experts? I know there's probably not even a, there's probably not a bomb squad on island. Like, do they have any sort of investigators that know this type of thing? Like, I don't think so, to be honest. Mm. I really don't think so. And that probably it's a specialized might... thing. I mean, yeah, because sure. you're yeah. bringing people in from the UK or something. Yeah, you're looking for exactly. tiny little fragments of whatever. Yeah. yeah so and we're, they... we're going to have, uh, we're actually going to have an expert on this morning from Orlando mm. um, who's going to be talking mm. to us. Said, and, <laughs> police, uh, sorry, fire chief who might give some insight into what they should be looking for. But yeah, we'll see. All right. So um, parliament is starting um, today. They're going to be in session for a couple a couple days as they debate the supplementary budget. Um, so we could expect the Minister of Finance and Economic Development, which is now the Premier, um, Honorable Wayne Panton, um, presenting the supplementary appropriation budget uh, to seek parliament's approval for changes to government expenditure. So we shall um, see how that goes. And anything of interest, we will certainly update everyone. Okay. The RCIPS has reported that uh, several boat engines have gone missing. This is interesting. Stolen from CBC, of all places. Wow. Customs and Border Control compound in Cayman Brack. So they're saying that this happened. Um, they got a report shortly after 9 a.m. on Monday. And, um, yep, they now realize that there have been people there who have uh, stolen and damaged um, five vehicles and a storeroom door. Three boat engines were subject to investigations now as missing. So if you know anything about two Yamaha Indro 40 horsepower and an even ride 15 horsepower engine, anybody like sell that to you? Uh, maybe what is call it? Evan Rude? Evan Rude, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so call, wow, call, those things call, are expensive. Evan is what's it called? Evan Rude? Yeah, yeah. Evan Rude. Yeah, oh, okay. And so, what was the horsepower? 15. 1500? No, it, it just says 15. Uh, probably 150. Okay. Yeah. Well, call, call the cops, um, especially in Cayman Brack. It can't be that hard to find. Uh, 949 7777. Is anybody uh, guarding this stuff? Was it an inside job? What are they you know, doing? Not cameras there? Yeah. There's a lot of questions now that uh, this has happened about how secure that facility is in Cayman Brock. Yeah. Hmm. So those are your news headlines for this beautiful hump day Wednesday. All right, Sandy. Catch a uh, Sandy show coming up on Bobo 89.1 FM, and we'll see you tomorrow for the Thursday headlines. Fantastic. All right, dial up the All right folks. Good morning to everyone. Hope that you guys are doing fantabulous. Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. 
Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. Hi, folks. Good morning. Happy Hump Day Wednesday. How are you guys doing? Hope everybody is well. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Rise and shine. I noticed that one of my apps is refusing to open this morning, but that's okay. The show must go on. What a beautiful day. Uh, looks like we might still have a little bit of rain lingering. I mean, it's, it is the season, right? We're going to get a little bit of a weather update, actually. Um, so we'll do that a little bit later on the show. So we do have some guests who are going to be joining us this morning. So let me just grab our show links one second. Um, so we've got CUC up first. And then after CUC, we have a special guest who's joining us all the way from the States. I believe he's from the Orlando area. He's a deputy chief fire chief, and he's going to tell us what he thinks of this house explosion. Um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to get local people to talk. I mean, local government agencies. Um, I, I, They're busy, first of all. So there's that. And um, a lot of times the red tape that they have to go through in order to get permission to come and talk to the people is just really uh, quite shocking and unbelievable. So we've gotten to the stage now where um, we simply can't wait, <laughs> if you know what I mean. The, the conversations have to happen. And so we um, are not going to sit back and wait for them six months later to be like, oh, we'll just send you a press release telling you what we think. Mm-hmm. Might be a little bit too late for that. So we're going to delve into um, some of more of what we know. Some more things have come to light, which... Uh, I'll share with you once our guest comes on because I want him to be able to hear those things as well. Um, so, huh, that's strange. Uh, somebody says I'm I'm not on air, but I don't know if the connection dropped. Looks like it dropped out. Ooh, no bueno. Oh. Oh. Huh. All right, so um, it must have dropped because I was definitely connected. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hopefully we, uh, we're we back. Thank you very much, Gary, for letting me know. You guys are tuned in and listening. So I was just saying that uh, we've got some additional tidbits of information which we'll divulge um, during the segment 
when that guest comes on. The other thing is, um, let me just say this, you know, the, the fire service guys might've think that we were riding them a little bit hard yesterday. And so um, I don't want to give that impression because you guys know I support the Cayman Islands Fire Service a thousand percent. They do an amazing job. Nobody's perfect, but they really do an amazing job. And they are always there um, when people need them. Trust me. You know, we often forget the numerous things that they do from, you know, accidents to fire incidents to bushfires to rescuing all sorts of kids, dogs, everything. So I don't want them to think that we were being um, unkind to them yesterday, but the information that we received is that they were supposed to be there at six o'clock in the morning and they didn't show up till 8.30. So now, you know, that source is saying, well, they're a little bit sensitive about it. And we don't want y'all to be getting sensitive about anything. Um, so really and truly, um, they said there was some confusion. And um, so technically they weren't late. It just took a few hours to sort out how they were going to handle the investigation, like what angle they were going to take. Mm, okay, we'll we'll go with that. Um, I would have thought, I mean, help me out here, folks, but I would have thought that, um, you know, you have like a blue book, a print book, I don't know what you call it, of this happens, this is how the investigation is going to go. I mean, obviously, there will always be um, little nuggets of, um, you know, things that are different, depending on the specifics of any investigation. Every investigation must undoubtedly be different. So, yes, we understand that. But at the same time, you shouldn't really be trying to figure out uh the ins and outs of everything with an investigation, but I'm, I'm no expert. So I don't know. Um, it would be nice if they could come on the show and tell us from the expert perspective. And that's why, again, we're going to have an expert on. He's just not located in the Cayman Islands. It would be great if we could um, have someone on to tell us these things, you know? So um, we'll see. Uh all right, so we've that's what we've got planned for today. And then we've got this um, bizarre situation. Uh, first of all, there are two guys who wanted for stealing some bicycles. I think we might have identified one already. I'm just trying to get a last name. So please go check her social media pages um, to see if you might recognize who those guys are. Uh, going around stealing bikes from people and stealing equipment. One guy messaged this morning. And said, oh, yeah, those were the same guys who were stealing from our work compound. And so, you know, a lot of these guys are very, very repetitive in their behavior in terms of um, what it is that they do. So it's not going to take long to, um, to figure out who they are. Um, so this person said, caught the same two guys trying to steal our working tools at a site that we're working on. And we do have a picture that's a little bit of a better picture. Um, I keep telling you guys, you've got to upgrade your cameras, folks. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to have um, a camera that simply doesn't work 
or it doesn't, you know, give you really, really good results because what, what's the point really? <laughs> I mean, hello, right? Upgrade your cameras. Um, there's so much technology, folks, that are available to you. I was talking the other day, you know, I think it was on Thursday, we were talking about, um, um, you know, chat, GPT and all this kind of technology. Outside of that, there's amazing technology. You guys lose dogs. We posted at least two or three dogs last night. You guys lose your cats and dogs and husbands more than anything. Now, I can't really help you with the husband part because unfortunately, you know, you can't put a tracker on your husband. I mean, I guess you could, but that's probably not legal. <laughs> um, and I can't really help you with that situation normally. Like I tell you, you can't keep something that wants to run free uh, like that, right? Um, so what I would suggest with the other, the four-legged creatures is that you can actually put, and I'm, I'm getting one of these, and this is why I've been thinking about it, and I thought I'd suggest it to all of you, is get one of the Apple, um, uh, what are the Apple tags? And they have the collars now that you can put around your pets, and you put the tag in there, there's like a little space for it, and you put it on your, on your pet. So that when your dogs go missing, when your cats go missing, you can literally geo-track them and find where they are. You know, animals get scared because of weather and rain and, you know, loud noises, all sorts of stuff will make a cat or dog um, run off. Sometimes they're roaming because y'all don't want to get them fixed and they're out there looking for a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever. Um, so there's always that that happens as well. But technology is available for you to be able to track down your little animals. So utilize it. Get yourself a tracker, put it in the collar. And then you just use your phone and you can track them down. So good morning to Miss Vernita. Miss Sonia's here this morning. So lovely to see you. Morning to Nathan. Uh, Sandra Whitaker's in the house. Good morning, Miss Sandra. Olivia's here. Sheryl, uh, am I pronouncing that right? Good morning to you. Happy Wednesday. Stephen joining us from the UK. Uh, Michael is here. Says good morning from Cayman Classic Mobile Detailing. Says hi to Mr. Blake. Wee uh, Wee, thank you. For joining us, Patricia, Miss Rovina, Buenos Dias, Miss Charlene, got it locked, joining us from West Bay. Siobhan is here from Georgetown. Miss Felicia, good morning to you. Carmely, how are you? Everton is in the house. Hi, Everton, how you doing? Alejandro, front row and center. We've got Marshall and Siobhan says good morning to everyone. So we got a full show for you. Let's do a few announcements this morning. First of all, um, someone was passing rooftop um, on Mary Street. This was, uh, I think, earlier last night. Last night was Tuesday, yeah, because they sent this message after 11 o'clock. They said, I was passing by rooftop on Mary Street, and I saw um, a hit and run. So a van with license plate number 164747. Now you know who you are. Van plate number 164747 did hit and run into um, a parked black car. I was there hoping the owner for the black car to come to explain what I saw, but I did not. And I had to leave the scene. So um, van man, you're in trouble. You left the scene of an accident. That's an offense, you know. So there you go. Um, it happened around 8 p.m. last night. So we'll post that on social media. Thank you so much for um, coming forward when you see these things, because that is really, really appreciated. Good morning, caller. 
and then your radio's gone off completely. Oh, good lord! It was, what it was on, but it stopped. What's going on today? Oh, Jesus! Thank you so much. Um, okay, give me one second. Um, thanks, guys. I think what I'm gonna do. Um, let me switch providers. Uh, let's assume this is on my end. I'm going to switch providers or she'll drop the feed again. So give me one second. Uh, okay. Hmm. All right. Let me switch. I'm not going to tell y'all which one I'm switching from because I want to see if that's going to resolve the issue. So that's two drops this morning in the space of 15 minutes. So let us go ahead and swap to another provider. That's going to make it drop again, but I'll reconnect. So give me one second. Um, Actually, maybe it didn't drop again. Sometimes if the line swaps over quickly, it may not. All right, so let's keep an eye on it. Uh, thank you guys for letting me know. Because I'm not constantly staring at that screen. I'm actually going to pull that screen out so that maybe I can have, I can monitor it a little bit better today. Um, hmm, That's interesting. If it doesn't drop anymore during the show, I'll certainly let you guys know. Uh, which provider I switch from, y'all might find it interesting, honey chill. Keep an eye on it. If it keeps dropping, then I know it's probably not me. This is why I have to have redundancy here for studio purposes. Uh, I've got both um, Flow and Logic. Mm -hmm. One is like a one terabyte. The other one is like two, 300 megs. All right, so Ms. Uh, Ervalyn is here. Rovina, thank you. Um, unique. Uh, and proud, or, or and and power. I don't know what that last name is. Uh, joining us from Cayman Brack. So um, we'll talk about the missing stuff in the Brack a little bit later on as well. But we do have our guest. Good morning to Miss Omeria. She says good morning to everyone in all three islands. She's here sipping her ginger, cloves, garlic, and noni leaves. Time for some of time for one of your mugs. You don't have a mug yet. I do collect them, plus drink a lot of tea. Well, we'll make sure you get the next one that says Honey Chal on it. Um, Noonie Leaves. Wow, you got quite a connection, collection going in your mug this morning. Ginger, cloves, garlic, and Noonie Leaves. Mm. Mm -mm. Doesn't really sound good, but I'm sure it's good for you. <laughs> so listen, we're always tickled pink to have Caribbean Utilities Company um, in the house. I must say that they have really been making a concerted effort to, um, you know, it's a public campaign to interact more with the public, to reach out with you guys. I like this. I think this is fantastic. It's not just government agencies that, you know, should be keeping folks informed. I like when private sector does it as well. We all have to um, engage with uh, these organizations at different levels. And the last time, I think it was Sasha that was in the program, a lot of you had questions about your bill and how, you know, if you need to change accounts and you need to open and close account and if somebody dies and all these different sort of um, things that you may have to do, um, you know, throughout the course of having an account with CUC. And so we had mentioned it to them that, you know, maybe we should do a little Q&A segment because a lot of people have questions and they were completely uh, available and open to the idea of having um, such a segment. Here we are. Just a couple of weeks later, we're doing it now. So I want to go ahead and bring in Nichelle Scott. Um, I think, Nichelle, you're going to have uh, Jeeva also going to be joining us. It's just me today. 
Just you. Okay. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Good morning. Good morning. So good to see you. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much, uh, Nichelle, for coming on the program. So CUC obviously offers um, you know, electricity to the Grand Cayman in particular. And um, there's a lot of things like around accounts and deposits and all this sort of stuff that to be honest, I find that sometimes you forget, like I don't remember how the deposit system worked because I've opened an account like years ago. And it's not the sort of thing that you necessarily do every single day. So can we run through um, some of the basics? And I know you've prepared a really, really nice uh, slideshow for us here this morning as well. But um, let's go through some of the basics. We can talk about how people can you know, reach out to CUC if they have any more uh, in-depth questions uh, for you guys as well. Sure. So um, when I put together a presentation, it we don't have to only talk about this. We're yes. open to questions, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I think there's a lot of services that we offer that maybe some of our customers don't know about. Like one of the newest ones is, um, you, you know, you can drop us a DM, a direct message via social media, you know, mm -hmm. and people find that easier. Um, right now it's only Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, in terms of Another service that we offer that a lot of people don't seem to know about is prepay. Uh, so we have prepay electricity and we, we, as you know, we do a customer service survey twice a year and we get back comments. When are you guys going to do prepay like the BRAC? Um, <laughs> how long has, um, has prepay existed for? Uh, so it's been live for a little over two years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know someone who um, I actually know someone who has it. So that's uh, yeah, people people use it, and I think people find it a little bit easier to to manage. Uh, it's easier to budget. So um, we first of all, there's no deposit required for prepay, right? Um, there is no reconnection fees for prepay. But taking that aside. What I used to do uh, when I was a prepaid customer, because I, I kind of go back and forth so that I get the full experience that customers are experiencing. Uh, but when I was a prepaid customer a few months ago, I would say, okay, my budget for electricity is $300 for the month. And I put that on at the beginning of the month. And then I'm tracking as that balance goes down. I'm like, what do you mean we spent $25 today? Mm -hmm. Why did it cost us $25 today? That is not our daily budget. So mm -hmm. I found it super helpful for budgeting. Mm -hmm. right. right. Okay. Now, how, I mean, we, we can get in some, into some details of, of how it works because I'm kind of curious um, about it. I think it might give me a little bit of anxiety, though, having to think about it every day. Like, I don't want to, like, I can budget by the month, but I don't know. Because even sometimes this person that has it, like, she'll message, she'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'm running out of, like, electricity or whatever, like, money for, for the prepaid. I'm like, oh, God. I don't quite know that um, I could take that stress. So can you explain yeah. exactly how it works? So it's it's not stressful. I actually found it okay. super helpful. Um, we, we're not quite like phone companies that the minute you run out of credit, you're disconnected. We okay. don't disconnect in the evenings. Um, we don't. We only disconnect during business hours. So mm -hmm. no weekends, no public holidays because we don't want our customers sitting at home holiday at 10 o'clock in the morning, just finally getting a break from a hard day's work and then they're out of electricity. No, we don't do that. So uh, it's only, disconnections only occur on work days at, and they start at 10 in the morning because okay. I start issuing notifications saying, hey, 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 
you know, you know, basically letting you know while you're getting ready um, for working, trying to get out the door that maybe you want to stop at an agency to pay or mm-hmm. you can just quick pay on our website and just top up or you can use our um, my CUC portal. So there's a lot of options to pay and we give as many warnings. So I think if you go to the next slide, we send. Yes, um, quick question here. This person says, with your prepay, can you top up at any time? Yes, you can. Okay. And, and I have a question as well. How How is the notice? How do you receive the notice that you need to top up? So uh, there's a couple of ways. We do emails. Mm-hmm. And uh, go to the next slide. Yeah. Uh, there's an example right there. So there's an email um, and it'll come through saying, here's your balance. This is approximately how much you're using each day. So, you know, just for everyone's notice, usually on weekends, we actually use more because there's more people at home. Or if you have a party, you're going to use more electricity, those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. So it gives you an approximate usage uh, and say, this is how much mm-hmm. left. And if you go to the next slide, we also send text. Oh, hold on, hold on one quick second. So I just, just for the benefit of our radio listeners who are not able to see slides. So yes. this one is just an email and it says prepaid balance notification. Yes. And it has uh, says this email has been delivered at your request. So obviously you sign up to receive the email. Your prepaid balance is currently $23.72, which leaves approximately two days remaining on your current average use of 13 at $0.79 per day. The amount is lower than your requested notification level of three days. Please go um, to any station or sign into your CUC account to complete a payment. So you get this full uh, email here detailing the amount that you have left. They even give you an idea of how many days that might last you. But of course, as um, Nichelle just said, that depends on usage, right? So if you're having a big event over the weekend, uh, and everybody's home and you're going to be running AC and whatever else, it might be more than the 1379 for the day, but that's yeah. your average. Um, and then it says the amount is lower than your requested notification level. So you can tell them, it seems like, uh, Nichelle, um, I want to know when I have five days left. Yes. Three days left, whatever. Okay. And so some people choose 365 and because they basically want a notification every day. Um, a lot of times they change your mind after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Natasha, that I think that answers your question. She says, so yes. you can customize the notification period. Yes. Yes, you can. So our MyCUC portal allows you to go in there and change um, how how frequently you want to receive it and to allow you to add numbers and emails. Okay. So you can do text messages and email as uh, modes of communication. Yes. All right. So Charlene says, I do have it, and I love the multiple options and controls of your account, different ways for notifications, et cetera. Hmm. Very good. So prepay, definitely an option for you. And then this is an example of a text message with prepay. Yes. So the, these are my accounts. Uh, so And my notifications, not everybody's going to be at $13 a day, but I have a family of five. Um, but so the, the I've just blanked out the account number, but this is an example of the text that you receive. Mm-hmm. Um, standard number to 9361282, the 282 yeah. spelled C-U-C, and it basically says prepay balance, uh, and same as as the email, but in shorter text, is 2945, estimated days two, average daily cost is $14, please go to your MyCUC account or make a payment uh, and manage your um, notifications if you're, if you're tired of getting too many texts, because basically once you get down to that 
that three day level, you're going to start getting a text every day. And then when you get down to that one day level, then you're going to get multiple texts in the day so that you don't forget. And I have still forgotten, freely admit it. I have been like, I'm going to top up on my way to work. And then I get hurt and, you know, somebody stops you. And before you know it, you know, someone's calling from home. Um, did you forget to do something? <laughs> but it reconnects wow. in 10 to 15 minutes. Like it's not, it's like no time at all. And 10 to 15 okay. minutes, quite frank, is usually quite long. It just yeah. depends on the system busyness. Oh, that's pretty cool. So um, how many customers, do you have any idea of how many customers are taking advantage of this prepay option? Not a lot. That's why it was my number one topic. We only have about 100 customers on prepay, even though it's, it was one of our top requested services. Yes. Yeah. And like I said, there's no deposit required for prepay, um, you know, and it's, it, really helps you to budget. I've had people say to me, why do I want to budget for electricity? But when you go into the grocery store, you're not walking in there saying, oh, it's a free for all. You know, it is what it is, whatever the ending cost is. Um, you know, you go in there with a budget and it's the same thing for electricity. We just have to approach it in a different way. And this is one of the ways we thought we would offer to help people to budget for their electricity. Mm -hmm. hmm. All right, folks, I'm aware that the... Um the uh, connection to the radio keeps dropping out. Um, I'm not sure why, because I've tried both of my providers now. So I, it would be hard to believe that both Flow and Logic are having an issue that's causing two completely separate lines to drop. So what I may do, I'm just messaging Chuck in the background, I may um, disconnect that and then see if I can uh, reconnect completely. But we're working on it in the background. I just wanted everybody to know that. So I am kind of monitoring it, but I'm aware that it's happening. Um, so prepay, folks, is available from CUC. Sounds like it has a lot of benefits. Um, do you find that people, I'm just kind of curious, like uh, you said it helps people who are on a budget and wanting to watch that a little bit more. Does it then allow people, like if you see your usage, like your daily usage is a bit high, do you actually see people who are able to cut back? based on the notifications yes. they're receiving? So when we started investigating the service, um, uh, we did a business case on it. One of the one of the items that the, the vendor brought to our attention is on average, prepay customers spend 20% less on electricity than postpay customers. Mm -hmm. So in your face, in terms of, Here's how much you're spending per day. And it, it really jumps out at you if you're jumping to $25 or $30 a day. You're like, this is too much. And it really helps you to identify, well, it was today. So what was happening today that I need to correct and not do again? You know? Mm -hmm. So, yep, on average, uh, it's about 20% uh, less consumption for prepay users. Wow. <laughs> so said, I'm signing up for prepaid today. So tell us how this works now. Sam, Sam, I'm currently a postpaid customer. And yes. like Jerry, I'm sitting here listening to this. I'm like, you know what? This actually sounds like exactly what I need. Uh, how do I swap my account from postpaid to prepaid? Oh, that's a great question. So if, if your account was opened less than two years ago, you can mm -hmm. just do the update form and select prepaid and put in the notes. I want to, con I want to convert to prepaid. But if your account was open more than two years ago, we need to ensure we have all the correct contact details. So you do have to complete an application um, and go through the application process and select prepay. 
and and our team will help you through that especially if you have existing documentation on file and you're like oh i don't want to have to go look for my land registry etc we'll help you through that um but it's ensuring that there's proper contact details on file because prepay will not work if you're not getting told that you're about to be disconnected or that your balance is going down right so that's why that's so critical wow okay all right so other than that it's really straightforward and easy to get swapped over yes okay hmm. and who do they contact should they send an email should they call in what's the best way to start the process so we prefer email um so service at cuc.ky and also i think there's a few slides down um probably oh yeah two slides down now actually the up one up one yeah, perfect. Okay. So we actually have a customer service page on our website. So this is pretty new, about six months or so. And in there, there's we, we have articles on how to do nearly anything. So article on how to switch to prepay, an article on, um, you raised it recently in terms of if that my account is in a family member's name who has recently passed away, what do I do? So these articles in here really help to guide customers on different things that they may not have considered they needed to do, but when they're ready, they want to know what steps. And, and in each article are the necessary forms. And then push come to shove. If you still don't understand after the article, you can always email us. We prefer emails, but if you if you want to, you can call as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. And we're going to talk a little bit about um, the customer service page and where people can find different things. So Dwayne has a question um about this as well he says what happens to your deposit if you switch from postpaid to that's a good question that's a great question um so it depends on the timing so our team will usually try to suggest that you switch to prepay right as you pay your bill like you pay your bill right at the end of the month because otherwise say you're i'm so sorry for if my computer is making noise yeah, that's say on the 15th um mm -hmm. you've got from the first to the 15th that's technically unpaid. So you're not going to see the benefit because your deposit is then going to apply against that unpaid balance, right? So mm -hmm. we always suggest you go to the end of the month, pay off that bill, convert to prepay, and then that will convert into credit on your account. Mm. Okay. okay, right, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So your first bill you might not have uh, for to top up for a little while if you've got a, a good deposit that was sitting there. Exactly, exactly. All right. Wonderful. Good question, folks. Don't forget, you can call in as well. 936-2626 is the show line. And Natasha says, are you going to or in the process of making an app where we can track our utility usage in real time? I like the customer connect, but it's not super user friendly. So any possibility of a CUC? Yes, it is in progress right now. It is giving me gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no, I completely agree with you, Natasha. Yes, we're in the process of, of um, putting together an app and, and going through all of the testing that is required of that. I don't see us releasing that until next year. So we're doing a two-part process. We're upgrading our website and my CUC and Customer Connect. I, I saw you mentioned that you like it, but it's not quite customer friendly. We're hoping to upgrade yeah. some of those features. Um, and then as a roll on from that, then we'll move on to the app. So the website should be launched by the end of this year in terms of upgrades and then we're moving on to the app for next year but mm -hmm. yeah we are i'm so happy that you're on board for that because we're, we're working very hard on that right now 
Hmm. Very good. So um, I'm just keeping an eye here on the connection. Is it gone again? Oh my goodness. Looks like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing this all day long. All right, I tell you what, let me um, I'm actually gonna just refresh and come out because I'm not really sure what's going on here today, but it keeps dropping. Um, it's a bit unusual for to, I mean, drop on both logic and flow. So let me just restart the whole thing from scratch. Give me one second here, folks. All right, so not sure what's going on today, but we will get it sorted as soon as we can. All right, so, um, so there's an app in progress. That's wonderful. So thanks, Natasha, um, for that question. And um, is there any other, I mean, that's obviously a little bit of breaking news here. Is there anything else that you can tell us that's, that's going on that we might be interested in that you guys are actually working on? Sure. Uh, I, I try not to steal my teammates' thunder because um, I think they're going to come and visit you in a couple of weeks. Um, but we are also working on um, getting, you see the image on the side of my PowerPoint presentation of having CUC EV chargers throughout mm -hmm. the island. Um, we're starting first with commercial property. Well, obviously we're moving, it, this is in relation to commercial properties because how you handle a residential property is completely different. Right. That comes with the vehicle. Um, but the basically we're reaching out to stratas, um, companies, Saying, hey, we're willing to install EV chargers. Um, you know, if there's just a monthly fee, but we're going to deal with everything else. We're going to order it. We're going to install it. We will maintain it. Um, and we're happy to partner with you just in terms of finding the placement so that we can have EV chargers on island because we mm. know there's going to be more electric vehicles um, coming on island. And there is uh, not as many charger locations right now as would be ideal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Especially if you live in a complex where you can't just, you know, charge overnight. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Now I'm excited about that. Well, like you said, we'll get into further details when they come on. So um, let's have a look then at my CUC. So this is essentially the online portal yes. where customers can go. Do they have to sign up to get access to this first or explain to you us? Do. You yeah. do have to sign up to gain access to the to uh, my CUC. We do have quick pay if you want to just pay online without having access. Um, but my CUC takes it to another level. There's that customer connect bottle, uh, button, sorry, on the far left hand side that takes you to track your consumption via your meter. You can pay your bill. You can see a history of all of your bills on this portal. You can set up for automated payment. A lot of people don't know that part. You can set up, uh, put in your debit card or credit card and say, pay my bill each month and you choose the date. So you might say, hey, I want it on the 26th. I get paid on the 25th. Do not take the money out before the 25th um, and have that go through at that point in time. And we're a little bit different than say direct debit through your bank because we'll send you a notification saying, hey, don't forget, we're about to charge your card and here's the amount we're going to charge your card for. Mm -hmm. Have any concerns? Do you want to cancel this transaction? If not, we're going through and then you get a receipt after the fact as well. So mm -hmm. I really suggest that to people who want that um, hands-off approach to paying their bills because there's still a level of control versus having that lack of visibility when you do direct debit through the banks. Mm -hmm. Not knocking it, just I like... I like being able to see it and stop and start it in case, I don't know, a bill comes through and I'm like, 
what? <laughs> what is What is this amount? I need to ask questions before you allow this amount to go through. Mm -hmm. Natasha says she loves it. She's excited about the app and she loves that CUC is catching up with the technology side of things. So. Fantastic. You're trying, you're trying. Yeah, good morning to Miss Dorotha and Miss Joy. So 936-2626 is the phone number if you have a question um, for CUC. So of course, uh, Nichelle, this, somebody just said, oh my gosh, what with the jump in, in the bill? And of course, it's June. We're so I was expecting that question. Bills went out the last couple of days. I actually expected it earlier. Yes, we are, we're hitting summer. Um, you know, we're already into hot days. We've had quite a bit of rain the last week or so, which will help to lower consumption in a lot of households. But mm -hmm. as we, you know, we keep talking about this and we, we will keep talking about this because mm -hmm. I, it, it is something that really impacts our households. And that is that the hotter it is, the more electricity our households tend to consume from AC and cooling appliances, fridges, freezers, it doesn't matter. If you need to change the temperature compared to what it is outside, then it's going to work harder the hotter it is out there. Mm -hmm. But I changed my air conditioning last summer. Um, mm -hmm. It was low on my priority list and it probably shouldn't have been. Cut my consumption in half. Mm -hmm. I actually wow. downgraded the size of it because, um, you know, we, we had central air and we had these big, like five-ton units, mm -hmm. and the guys came in. And they're like, "Um, are you sure you need something this big because you're using a lot of electricity?" And I was like, "Tell me, you know, advise me." Uh, and at that point in time, mine was rusted and starting to freeze over; like it was in a bad state. Mm -hmm. um, but if your AC is in a bad state, if it's not being maintained, or if it's unfortunately even just older, it mm -hmm. is going to use more electricity. Right. Fact of, life, fact of life, you got to keep these things upgraded and up to date. And so very, very good. Um, and it really is hot out there, um, Michelle. I mean, I went out on, what day was that? Today's Wednesday, and on Monday, when we had that um, that unfortunate situation um, with the, um, the house explosion. Yeah. And I was out for a couple hours in that heat. Even my poor iPhone couldn't take the heat. <laughs> the iPhone shut down. It's like, it's, it's, I don't know what the temperature, like how high the temperature goes before that happens, but it was really hot out there. So you can imagine how hard your um, condenser units are working and they're sitting outside in the elements 24 seven, Yeah, you know, to tr just try to keep you to maybe 77 degrees inside. I, I would like to take the chance to say, you know, um, I'm really sorry about that incident. I think that was scary for everyone on the island and I just, hoping for the best for all of the families involved because I know uh, not only the the house that was damaged and the, and the individuals there, I know there were also surrounding properties and, and individuals there um, that were impacted. So, yeah, yeah very, very sad. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to try to, folks, um, give you some information a little bit later on on how you can assist those individuals. So Natasha says, oh, one more thing. Lots of questions coming in. Uh, when you change locations, you aren't able to see your old location history anymore. Are you guys going to change that? So on my CUC, uh, so I'll have to look into that. I thought you were still able to see the location's history. It's just that you have to change your profile to be looking at that specific account. 
Um, so you have to swap between the profiles for the specific account number because your first few numbers, which are your customer ID, will remain the same. But the last few numbers are your location ID, and mm -hmm. those will switch depending on where you're going. So to my knowledge, but I will double check this thanks to this question, mm -hmm. it is supposed to still be there. So I will look into that for sure. Mm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, very good. So my CUC, you sign up for this. Again, I'm sure it's the same service at cuc.ky email address. Yes. All right. So you well, sign up for that. You actually, don't, you actually don't even have to email us. You can just go directly onto the website okay. Um, okay. and click to my CUC. Uh, so uh -huh. if you one more slide, sorry, Sandra. Yep, no worries. Uh, no, sorry, the other way. My oh, let's go back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you see the t the top right hand side where it says login or register, oh, um, yeah. that's how you can register for my CUC. That's that's on the main page. Mm -hmm. And register for my CUC. Um, all you need is your account number and your email address, and it'll just try to verify that you are in fact who you say you are, and then mm -hmm. you can sign up. But there cannot be multiple sign-ins for one account. Now, that is something we are trying to fix because obviously there are multiple person households. Um, mm -hmm. So if both names are on the account, that is something we want for um, customers to be able to do, say, maybe a husband and wife or mother and daughter. Uh -huh. But that's one of the upgrades we're working on now. Okay. Yep. All right. Very good. So folks, go to the website, sign up, and then you're good to go. Nice. All right. And we'll talk some more about the information that you can get from um, the MyCUC uh, portal and stuff as well. So Dion, good morning. Uh, can you switch back to postpaid if you want to? And do you have to then pay a deposit? So um, say, say you have prepaid and for whatever reason, it doesn't quite work out for you. Do you have the option to switch back? You do. Um, you do have the option to switch back. And yes, you do have to pay a deposit if you do switch back to postpaid. But we recognize that that can be sometimes uh, a bit difficult. So we do offer the option for the deposit to be paid over a period of three months. Uh, so instead of saying have to come up with that upfront uh, mm -hmm. in the first one. All right. So let's talk about deposits. Uh, sure. What is the standard way for CEC to assess um how much a deposit amount is going to be because i think at one point it was the fixed amount no matter what is that right that was a, a while ago yes yes yeah. <laughs> so now it's changed so for residential customers how do you determine what the um what the deposit will be so it's actually um calculated by our system mm -hmm. so for, you're welcome dion our system basically will look at the history of that property because uh, in, in other countries, they have, you know, like ratings of energy efficiency ratings for properties. We're not there yet. So you might have a thousand square foot house um, right next to another thousand square foot house. And one is consuming $500 bill uh, a month bill. And the other is consuming $100 a month bills because of the amount of energy efficiency upgrades that they've made to the property. So basically, system takes a look at the history of consumption and says what has been the average and um for the last six months and based on that average for what you would use in six weeks is your deposit mm -hmm. and i know there's a lot of numbers out there so hopefully that was not confusing 
So a lot of people um, don't like that because they say that, well, you know, I, I'm going to be more energy efficient or whatever than the next person who, especially if it's a rental, than the person who was there before. What has your research shown in terms of a location? Is a location, because I know a lot of people are thinking this in their head, is a location more dependent on the individual users as opposed to, as you say, the actual location itself? So in other words, is there only so much that users can do, but if the location has windows that are not sealed properly, older condenser units, like all those things are going to impact your usage way more than what users can do. Like which one, you know, weighs in more in terms of what your utility um, bill is going to be looking like? Well, so I will admit, I missed some of your question, but I think I got most of it. Um, it was breaking up a little bit on my end, but um, I will say that yes, users can uh, vary greatly. They don't usually, I would say probably 80 to 90% of our customers are still within 10% variance of what the deposit calculates. But then you have some very, um, some people who come in and they make big changes to the property or the, who their usage is very different than maybe um, previous tenants where they turn off the AC, they don't use it. Um, they're very, um, they very, try very hard to save in terms of consumption. And those individuals will see a huge difference in terms of their consumption. And that's the exact reason why every six months we do allow you the the option to reassess your deposit. But just remember there's a risk with that. It can go both ways, right? But we do, we do, you know, if you know, and you can see it because we your deposit should always be at the top right hand corner of your bill, how much your deposit is. Mm -hmm. And if you're seeing that your average consumption is way lower than that deposit amount, you write into us and we will reassess it as long as it's been six months since that deposit was calculated. And we'll reassess it. And if it if it's too high, you will receive a credit against your bill. Mm -hmm. And we've done that multiple times, myself included. When I bought my house, um, I, there was just a difference in terms of um, our consumption, especially once we implemented energy efficiencies. Okay. All right. So the question then for Ms. Bella, which is, what is the deposit on a three-bedroom new home? It's going to vary. So or do you, how, how do you do a new home, though, that has no history? Good question. Good question. So we actually take the load factor um, calculation sheet from the electrician. So because they would have they would have to submit that to a building control. Mm -hmm. And that is basically them saying this is what we estimate the electricity load to be. And then we then there's an industry standard that, you know, there's a certain percentage in terms of consumption. And that's how we calculate for a new property. But once again, don't hesitate six months in to say, hey, I'm not your typical consumer. So can you take a look at this again? Mm -hmm. uh, but in regards to the question, the specific question in terms of a three bedroom, it's not done based on bedrooms anymore. It is done either on, like I said, the history of the, of the location or based on um, the calculated electrical load. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. So some fantastic questions uh, coming in this morning. So thank you very, very much. And Natasha says that you can see your billing history, but not detailed consumption history, just a monthly overview. So going back to if you get a new account, what is it that you're actually um, having access to? So there maybe should, that clarifies. 
there should be uh, on the screen right now under detail that little gray um, square with like a plus that's actually the bill and that should still be there that you can actually click on it um, to actually see the bill and the consumption that's in the, the detail for the bill. Unless you mean from a customer connect standpoint in terms of being able to go and track consumption, no. Unfortunately, you do lose customer connect access to the old location because there's, there's no way to separate the meter information from the current meter information that's coming through. So there's a cutoff date basically um, for that specific meter. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. All right, folks. Um, just a quick update for radio listeners. I think um, I've got Marlon on the line here and he's kind of walking me through how to disconnect from the ethernet and go on Wi-Fi, which is, we've got two providers, like I said, but there was one more step that I needed to take. So I'm going to go ahead and disable that now. So if we drop out again for another time, hopefully this will be the last time because I'm going to switch over to um, providers. So one quick second here. Connected on the radio and then nope we dropped and there we go we're connected again hopefully that's the last time because now we're completely on another network all right so jewel has a listen move, multiple moving parts here in the morning folks uh, jewel has a question she says cuc shouldn't be charging widows a deposit to be changing accounts into their name after losing a spouse so this is a good question and i think i've heard this before so um nichelle uh, traditionally, you know, a lot of households, especially for older couples, the man was out there working, the wife might have been the homemaker. And so all the bills were in his name, all the utilities and everything would have been in his name. So if he passes and leaves a widow behind, um, what does she have to do in order to put the bill in her name? And does she actually have to do anything or can she just leave it in a deceased man's name? No. Okay. That's a really good question. And Jewel, that's a really good point. I agree with you. And that's, and for that reason, two years ago, we changed that process to ensure that spouses were grandfathered in. Um, what does happen sometimes is uh, occasionally it's not clear in the communication that they are the spouse, um, whether it's differing last names or whatever the case may be. But once that becomes clear, we ensure that they know that no, there is no additional deposit to be um to be paid as it relates to the spouse of a deceased individual. So we have changed that, but you are right. It, it shouldn't have been happening. So that's why we changed it. Um, in terms of what someone has to do, it, it differs depending on whether it's a spouse or whether it's a family member. So if it is a child or a sibling, they do have to pay a deposit. Mm -hmm. They do have to open an account in their, um, in their name. So they have to apply and actually put through an application. If it is a spouse, we ask that you email us and we will guide you through the, the process. The articles that I pointed about earlier, there's an article on that as well. So depending on the situation with the spouse, whether the names are the last names are the same. Um, and that's that's just a system issue. Our system has limited characters, which is why I'm saying it depends on whether the last names are the same. It's not has nothing to do with our preference, just in terms of what our system can accommodate. Um, We'll go through that will determine how we go forward with uh, impacting the account. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if they were common law spouses, so in other words, you know, they never technically had the same name, um, they weren't legally married. 
Do you kind of look at those situations? That would be on a case by case basis. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. But the bottom line folks is, is reach out um, obviously to CUC and they're able to, you know, assist. And um, to be honest, I've always found them to be very, very accommodating. Even sometimes when, you know, you don't have the full amount to pay a bill. If you communicate with them and you talk to them and tell them what's going on, Hey, I'm going to be making a partial payment. You know, I need a little bit of a payment plan. They've always, my experience has been, they've always really been good with trying to help people um, as much as possible. Do okay. try. And if yeah. I can um, say to Jewel, if there's a specific situation that's happened recently, um, you know, shoot us an email, please. And we'll try to rectify that as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. All right. Fantastic. At 936-2626, we got a few more minutes uh, with Michelle here. So the MyCUC uh, portal and login has a lot of functionality. So that's where you've got your service address, your account information. You can look at your billing history. It has all those useful graphs and stuff that you receive as well. You can view your current bill. You can see your last payment summary. Um, are you able to update your CUC profile? So if you have a change of like email no. address, numbers, we're not there yet. Sorry. You can okay. ideally, if you want to update your contact details, we request that you complete a, an update form that's on our website under that customer service tab. Mm -hmm. um, this does not integrate um, with our system to update the contact details. So thank you for asking that question. Uh, mm -hmm. We hope to get there. We're just... We're not quite there yet. And, okay. and what we try to do is if there's a functionality, we don't want to hold it back um, because we're not quite there with all the features. Right. Uh, but in terms of one of the features that it does offer is the customer connect, which I think is super, super critical. I, I know, um, I think it was Natasha that was commenting on it and saying that she likes it, um, would like it to be a bit more user-friendly. We agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, I, what's on here now is our first version and now we're working on moving to our second. Mm -hmm. um, but if you go to the next slide, that'll show you an example for anyone who is not aware of what Customer Connect does. It gives you the detail in terms of your consumption that's showing on your meter. Um, and uh, did it, were you able to move to the next slide as yet, Sandy? I don't think um, it's progressing. I don't know if it's on, at, at yeah. work or screen freeze all the time. <laughs> so yeah, there um, it is. Oh, yeah, perfect. So it shows you the the bars in terms of how much you're consuming. It can show you by day, and then you can click on those bars and go into each day and then see it in 15-minute increments. And maybe you'll notice, for example, wow, I used the most electricity between 3 and 6. That's when my kids get home. Or between 6 and 8, that's when I'm usually doing laundry. Or, you know, so it helps you to really figure it out. And then those two bars on the bottom show you um, your actual cost so far for the month. So if you don't want to wait until the end of the month to find out how much uh, your electricity has costed you so far, you can go in here and say, okay, you have to select the proper dates, which would be from the first to whatever date it is, and say, well, what's my cost so far? And the bars have different colors. The different colors represent like fuel or um, your facilities charge, the different line items on the bill, and it shows your cost so far. Now, I will say there's a slight difference between Customer Connect and what your final bill is, because mm -hmm. Customer Connect is showing you readings every 15 minutes. Your bill reading is at midnight. 
it's not 12.02, it's not 12.03, it's midnight. So there will be slight differences when you're looking at this versus mm -hmm. Okay, all right, very good. So um, yeah, so that's that's really quite useful to, to know. So DJ Yo-Yo says, good morning. What is the facilities charge uh, reflected on the bill? Does it, does it really, I'm, I'm missing something, on the bill. Does it really entail? I'm not quite sure. I've been told that it's to keep CUC buildings clean, laughing out loud. Then I said, if that is true, why do we pay for CUC's housekeeping? So, all right, what, what are, what, let's explain some of the charges that you see on, on your bill. What is the facilities charge? Okay, so the facilities charge is more around the um, equipment that we are putting in place at your properties, like your meter. <laughs> um, it's not it's not so much about um, housekeeping. It's not mm -hmm. about housekeeping at all. <laughs> but it's about it's about the equipment that we utilize to help um, provide electricity to the customer. Mm -hmm. So that's that's it in a nutshell. But nothing to do with housekeeping. I can see I can see how that connection was made, though. <laughs> people people are thinking of like facilities management, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair point. <laughs> Maybe we'll reconsider the name at some point in time. Yeah, that's, that's kind of funny, though. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, the things that you hear. What else is itemized on the bill? So we have the fuel charge, uh, fuel surcharge, I think is the proper name for it. And yeah. that's, again, that's a pass-through feature um, for fuel. So whatever you guys pay for fuel for that particular bill, you pass it on to the consumer based on the kilowatt usage and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just had my bill open. So we have um, the facilities charge, there's fuel costs. And I, I, I was watching your show, um, I think a, a week ago, I, mm -hmm. I remember talking about business 101, you know, the fact that mm -hmm. costs are passed on to customers. That's how we calculate. Right. And in fact, that is a major component of our cost, but we don't make money on that. We don't add any markup to our fuel cost. Yes. This is a part of what it takes to make electricity. Mm -hmm. Here is the cost. And then we have. Oh, Michelle, uh, my apologies. I actually forgot we have a call on hold. My caller, I'm so sorry. Um, good morning. And your question or comment. Hello, caller. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I was just wondering, is it possible, mm -hmm. right, to have less usage, as in less kilowatt usage, but a higher bill than the previous month? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, so it, How? Why? <laughs> sure. Okay. No, that's a really, really good question. And this used to drive me nuts to the point where I actually... Um, I'm an accountant, full disclosure, so I try to budget every month. Mm -hmm. So that fuel cost we were just talking about that is passed mm -hmm. on to customers is passed on on a monthly basis. So the fuel cost changes each month. Uh, you may remember that last year um, the government also assisted and CUC also offered fuel relief assistance because if that fuel fluctuates too quickly, um, and too high, it does lead to huge jumps in bills, regardless of your efforts to manage your consumption. Mm. So that's, and unfortunately, nearly every summer is when we see increases in fuel costs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's all about supply and demand. So more people are trying to buy more diesel and as such, the cost goes up. Um, mm-hmm. So typically the change in fuel is what well. You're welcome, caller. Oh, you're welcome. Hang up and listen online. Okay. Thank you so okay. much. Thank you for the question. It was a really good one. Yes. So, so basically the one thing that is um, constantly fluctuating is um, is definitely um, the fuel. Fuel, fuel related costs. Right. So okay. I will, shameless plug, I will say that that is one of the reasons that we are pushing very hard um, to move to have additional renewable energy sources. That's one of the reasons why um, we, we've been talking about the fact they were putting in um, large scale battery storage so that we can have more renewable energy. And that leads to stable energy um, coming from those renewable sources, because, as you know, renewable energy comes and goes. So the batteries help to stabilize that energy. So mm-hmm. first batteries and hopefully next step, um, greater amounts of renewable energy. Okay, one more call in the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. morning. Um, I'm very happy with COC's service, Mm -hmm. but I have one complaint as a senior citizen. Yes, ma'am. If they could try to help us a bit more, everything they want us to do online, Mm. and they need to realize that the seniors, as well as some underprivileged people, either don't have access to computers or are not computer savvy. If they could give a little bit more thought to us because the other day I had an issue and when I called customer service, all I kept being told was, well, that has to be done online. Well, that has to be done online. And it took me three days calling and begging Mm -hmm. to get someone to help me to do it at right. CUC. Um, so you. if they could be a little bit more mindful to remember that not everybody is computer savvy. Yes. Good point. Thank you, Carla. We talked about this last week. I think it was Thursday's program in relation to the banks. Like a lot of the banks now are, you know, going completely or almost completely online with their services. Is there any additional um, assistance, Nichelle, Yeah, and and, uh, thank you very much to the caller for for raising that. It is a concern that has been raised to us previously. And so we have been making some tweaks behind the scenes as a result. In fact, it's the reason that our Caribbean Plaza office is still open, um, Mm -hmm. because we did initially think about not reopening because we had all of our services online and then we took a step back and said no there are going to be individuals that they need to come and see someone they need to actually interact with someone and and receive that assistance so our caribbean plaza is office is still open and we've also been doing additional training um the manager for customer services jiva that was here with Mm -hmm. me on the call she's been training the team to say okay if someone walks in and they need assistance we don't just say okay well you have to do this um, they're also support, we have a small office that they can walk in and assist them and walk them through the forms and the process and, and, and even help them to complete them if necessary. So that is something we are working on. I, I recognize that need. Thank you for raising that. I will say I, we more than likely cannot go back to paper forms. The way our system 
works now. Um, mm -hmm. If someone brings in a, a paper form, it gets lost in the process, right? Mm -hmm. Because everything flows through with the online forms. But what we can do is assist with the completion of the online forms. So we All have right. in the office to do that. Mm -hmm. Another caller. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. I would like to endorse everything that lady just said mm -hmm. because I have a hard time too mm -hmm. because everywhere I go or I call, mm -hmm. it's, it's they're acting like we're dead already. Oh my goodness. You know? Oh, so they're going into our life now. Yes. We don't have a brother or sister. And it's just really, really annoying. Yes. And I'm also saying this to the people that deliver food. Sometimes you're stuck at home and you can't um, order mm -hmm. food mm -hmm. because everybody's telling you I have to go online. Mm. I mean, the only thing I, line I have is my clothesline. <laughs> so, um, mm. so I, I would like to point this out to them. Mm -hmm. that we still exist and all they do is frustrating us. Mm -hmm. All right, caller. Thank you very much. I think they've got the message live and clear about their seniors. Appreciate it. Thanks Thank for the all right, Michelle, um, always a pleasure having you here in the program. Again, folks, CUC is committed to ongoing um, communication with their customers. They're going to come on at least uh, once or twice a month. To interact with you guys, they'll have different topics. If you'd like something specific for them to talk about, maybe we can do the Q&A, you know, every other month or whatever. I thought this was fantastic today. Lots of really, really good questions I feel like got answered. We didn't even get an opportunity to talk about business accounts. So maybe we could do a whole other segment um, in business accounts and, you know, how they kind of differ from residential customers, but um, they're here for you. You can contact them by email, you can call them by phone and you can still go in to their um, Caribbean Plaza location as well if you need additional assistance. So Nichelle, we really appreciate you coming on the program this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks All right. Okay, that's the UC for you folks, Caribbean Utilities Company. Uh, we got 320 of you tuned into the program this morning, but we're gonna have to interrupt just a little bit before we switch gears, um, quite frankly, this issue of the, the dropping on, on air, it just happened again. I think the only way to resolve it, Marlon just said, um, you're going to have to restart your computer. So because, you know, modern technology, everything is connected. A restart is going to mean that everything is going to just be offline for a second. So here's what I'm going to do, folks. Um, we've asked our next guest, uh, our district chief, um, Mr. Emmanuel here to just bear with us. I'm going to go ahead and do a physical restart of the computer. Uh, for those of you who are, um, tuned in, let me just pick something that we can kind of loop in terms of, let me do this. Let me loop, um, just a song perhaps, and then, um, we shall, uh, restart uh, hopefully that'll resolve whatever this is that's going on this morning with the internet. And we'll be right back after these messages. You know what? Let's go ahead and loop this really, really important message from the ESO. They're encouraging all of you to please participate. This is the um, Economic and Statistics Office. They're encouraging all of you to please participate in their ongoing surveys. It really helps them to get gain, to gain useful information 
that then our legislators and our technocrats can use to figure out where to spend money and what decisions to make about what are the priorities here in the Cayman Islands. So let's play that commercial. I will restart everything. I think Chuck is ready for me and hopefully this will resolve the issue and we can have a smooth show going forward. Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16th, 2023. The surveys are confidential under the Statistics Act and exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Your response matters. Do your part. Fill out and return your forms to the Economics and Statistics Office. For assistance in completing the forms or for more information, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4676 or 244-4600. Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16, 2023. The surveys are confidential under the Statistics Act and exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Your response matters. Do your part. Fill out and return your forms to the Economics and Statistics Office. For assistance in completing the forms or for more information, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4676 or 244-4600. Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16, 2023. The surveys are confidential under the Statistics Act and exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Your response matters. Do your part. Fill out and return your forms to the Economics and Statistics Office. For assistance in completing the forms or for more information, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4676 or 244-4600. Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16, 2023. The surveys are confidential under the Statistics Act and exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Your response matters. Do your part. Fill out and return your forms to the Economics and Statistics Office. For assistance in completing the forms or for more information, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4676 or 244-4600. Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16, 2023. The surveys are confidential under the Statistics Act and exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. Your response matters. Do your part. Fill out and return your forms to the Economics and Statistics Office. For assistance in completing the forms or for more information, visit www.eso.ky or call 244-4676 or 244-4600. Have you completed and returned your business survey forms? The deadline for the annual business surveys is June 16th. I think we are back. Let's uh, keep an eye on the connection now. Hopefully, (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes you just got to restart things, folks. Modern technology needs a little kick in the boot. Um, So hopefully that uh, resolves that issue. Do keep an eye on it for me and uh, let me know if it doesn't. We will um, you know, have to troubleshoot a bit later on, but that's the most I can do at this particular time. So um, let me just go ahead. Um, I should be back in. So let me just go ahead and see um, what we've got here. All right, so next topic we've got up, a special guest is going to be joining us. Of course, several days ago, we had this explosion on Monday that really shocked and, and shook this entire community. Um, you know, a lot of questions surrounding what may have happened and uh, people are just like, what on earth? 
So we have Chief um, Emmanuel Washington Jr., who's joining us from Orlando. He can tell us a little bit um, about, you know, some of his credentials, but it, it reads like a who's who of firefighters for sure and fire chiefs um, around the place. So he is the district chief of, for the city of Orlando, also known as uh, Manny. And he appeared in Fox competitive uh, reality series, MasterChef. What? Sounds like you might've been burning things up in more ways than one. Good morning, <laughs> sir. How are you? Good morning. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. That, that's a little snippet there that I saw about you online that I thought was pretty cool. Um, so district chief for the city of Orlando, tell us exactly what that entails. All right. So my main job is I'm district chief of the Orlando Fire Department. I'm uh, help run the hazardous materials team. Uh, deal with that. Been on the team now for 14 years now. Uh, been in the department 16 years. Uh, uh, we ran to a whole plethora of different uh chemical response, uh, natural gas, propane releases, uh, also dealing with, uh, I'm on the urban search and rescue floor task force. war. So when the hurricanes come, uh, I've been deployed to multiple disasters in, uh, in Texas, here in Florida, uh, just as recent as Fort Myers and Hurricane Ian. Uh, so been there to all those different ones there. So I've gone to a lot of disasters and dealt with the chemical uh, releases and stuff there uh, for those. So I did a lot with those uh, different scenarios. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you've been a professional firefighter for how many years? Uh, 16 years now. Wow. So you, you've seen a lot. Um, yeah, seen a lot. How, yeah. how busy is the, um, how busy is the Orlando, you know, city of Orlando when it comes to fires? Uh, when it comes to fires, overall, overall general, we have about average about, about 70 to 80,000 calls overall. Uh, mm -hmm. Of those, we have about 80% be uh, in medical emergency response, but also, too, we have about uh, dealt with fires about about 50% of the time, as well as other has materials releases, uh, general service calls, uh, and whatnot. Uh, mm -hmm. But just a wide range in the city of Orlando, because we also service uh, Universal Studios, uh, mm -hmm. also some theme parks down here in Orlando. So uh, we mm -hmm. have a wide range of different things we run to in Orlando. So you've, you've seen a lot in your 16 years, that's for sure. Yes, definitely seen a lot. I've uh, been to a couple of uh, disasters as well as a couple of uh, like post nice club shooting. I've uh, mm -hmm. been to quite a few things there, so I've seen quite a few things. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about this situation that came out. So obviously, you're not physically here on the ground. Uh, mm -hmm. We should make a huge difference in your ability to make an assessment. Before we get into the details, um, what is it that you, when, when an incident happens, you have some sort of an explosion, what do you guys look at first? I mean, obviously you have hazard management and all these other agencies that must come together, but what's the plan of action? Do you have a pre-written plan that you kind of follow and then you adjust mm -hmm. it, tweak it, depending on the specifics of that particular incident? Yes, uh, so we have uh, SOPs, everybody has special, special, op uh, special operating procedures, uh, standard operating procedures, or you may have standard guidelines that you may follow. Uh, but for us, if we have like an explosion like that, automatically, you know, we have resources coming in <clears throat> to um, help respond uh, mm -hmm. to that. Um, usually one of the first these things that as we pull up, there's a scene itself, and the first thing that's on scene is getting assessment is usually they set a, a isolation perimeter that allow nobody coming into the actual area. Usually you set about like 300, 300 feet at mm -hmm. least uh, for explosions, usually sometimes even a thousand feet a wide perimeter before we even let anyone in mm. uh, to assess the see if it's there uh, doing that. Um, once we do decide to see that, we are, we have um, monitors uh, that monitors for 
gases, explosive gases or uh, flammable gases or different chemicals as well to kind of get an assessment to see what is going on before we come into the scene and go to the actual call uh, of that so we can make sure we're going in safe. Um, and then once we get there, we assess to see what we're dealing with. And with the hazard materials, we specialize in whether it's uh, a natural gas, which propane, all those different ones releases, we do actually go in and actually mitigate it, whether it's shutting valves off, uh, uh, actually uh, plugging them, patching them, different things there in order to mitigate the, the risk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so um, you got to have a plan of action before you go in there. Now, th this this situation, I'm going to try to give you a little bit of background details. Mm -hmm. I think, as they always say, the devil's in the details. So um, it's really, really important to probably put in context uh, what you saw in, in the video footage. So we have a video. I can't actually play it on air because there's a little bit of profanity and stuff in it. Where mm -hmm. one of the guys was like walking around just as the explosion happened. This was before um, anybody was on site. So before fire rescue, anybody was there. You see the one guy who I guess is the primary guy who was in the household. And somebody said, listen, no one's going to ever know exactly what happened except for him. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sure they're getting statements from a lot of people, but he knows exactly what he was doing, what was going on. But it's telling and it's interesting what he says in the very first moments after the incident. So literally he's walking around and um, I'm going to show you the video. Like I said, um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to play the audio because there is some profanity in the audio, but I want you guys to look at the surrounding area. So give me one quick second. Um, sure. This is a 35. Um, this is, oh, you hold, on, hold on one second. This is a 35 second uh, video here. And then I'm just going to put it in um, in context in terms of what actually is being said minus the expletives. <laughs> so um, we have two guys walking. The first guy uh, is saying here, hold on, let me just mute it. The first guy is walking. See all the debris mm -hmm. here. Um, the guy there, as you can see, his pants are literally blown off, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. uh, they both have open-toed shoes. And he says, oh, my God, like, are you okay, Bloods? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. I was frying breadfruit. Now, breadfruit, mm. I don't know if you know what breadfruit is. Yes, I know exactly what breadfruit is, yes. Okay. Yes. So he says he was in the kitchen frying breadfruit, right? And the guy said, oh, my gosh, you know, are you okay? He says, yeah, you know, I was just frying breadfruit. Now, what we know, looks like one pair of his shoes, as you can see, is actually gone as well. So one foot, he saw the slippers on, the other one's gone. Um, pants completely blown off, right? What we do know is that, and this is something that I discovered yesterday, and this adds a really, really interesting element because there is this question of, oh, was this a propane explosion? Like, what exactly was this? Well, listen to this, guys. Apparently, he was cooking said breadfruit on a, um, hold on one second now. Um, on a two burner tabletop electric stove. So he wasn't even using propane to cook his breadfruit. Mm -hmm. One of the propane tanks, I'm sure you've looked through the videos and you would have seen at the back, there is a, um, let me see if I can find this, this photo. Someone actually did a little photo that I thought was quite interesting where they showed you the back of the property. There's actually, uh, they did a little meme of this, of this, um, this propane tank. So here it is. They're saying, look, everybody's quick to blame me, right? And so this is a propane tank. There's a big, I don't know if those are 90, whatever they call 90 pounds or whatever. So that's a pretty big one. And then there was a smaller one right next to it. They seemed untouched out of this entire situation.
But that bigger tank, to my understanding, was never even connected. So mm. that couldn't be the source of it if it, if it wasn't connected, right? Um, and then the smaller tank may have been connected. So I think it was a situation where the homeowners were maybe in the process of trying to, um, you know, put in a, a bigger, newer tank, but no one had gotten around to actually doing the connection and stuff as yet. So it was literally just sitting there. So what's your assessment? When you looked at the video footage of what happened, the aftermath, I should say, um, lots of damage, obviously, to surrounding homes and properties. But what do you think might have happened here? So based on what I was just, like I said, I was looking at it. Um, mm -hmm. When I looked at it, the first thing is I looked at the scene photos. And yeah. those photos eerily look so similar. I wish I could share with you uh, some gas, natural gas explosions. It looks exactly yeah. the same. Those overhead shots you sent me. Uh, I wish I could share these photos. I think you can do, you can do share screen and you might be able to pull in images and stuff as well. Let me see. Um, Let me see. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, let me see. Oh, yes. You should be able to share that with us. And what I do right, is that I just literally, yeah. literally, this is just looking through and even respond to it. It looks uh -huh. exactly, I don't know if you can you see my screen. Does it show you? Is yeah. you showing it? Yeah. I'm seeing yeah. that photo there. This is saying, like I say, I saw your photo with you see me the email. I seen mm -hmm. that photo. And if you look at that photo compared to that, I mean, it looks exactly like the mm -hmm. same exact dispersion of material and everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same. When I'm looking at that, I look at your photo and look at that, I'm like, it looks exactly like a natural gas or some sort of propane explosion night uh, mm -hmm. for this stuff there. Right. Um, like you said, when he was doing this, let me see, make sure you do it. Yeah. 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 So when he was doing it, that's when I looked, when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's definitely some sort of explosion. Now, what can cause it? It could be a couple things there. Uh, the thing with, like you said, with propane, I don't know, the, the pro properties of it is that uh, when it's released, uh, it doesn't go in the air. It literally stays low and just hangs around in the mm -hmm. area until it finds an ignition source. Uh, now that ignition source can be within the house, but also mm -hmm. to around outside, even if it just, it can go like somebody driving across, driving by the house uh, can cause to set up that whole explosion uh, to that. It doesn't necessarily have to be inside the house to be the culprit. Uh, I've seen things where uh, uh, we have different snares that when we had a house that, that, kept, that uh, had a leak, but it, it was literally almost uh, about like two, three houses away to actually found the ignition source and cause a ripple effect yeah. down the, uh, uh, for that. So let's say I'm not necessarily worried uh, about if it's mm -hmm. in the house or not, but I, based on what I've seen in just that picture, that overhead picture, when people walk and stuff there, mm -hmm. it's definitely some sort of uh, rapid release of, uh, of, of uh, some sort of material, whether it's uh, propane. I don't mm -hmm. know if you have natural gas over there, but it was definitely like, I yeah. looked at the photos, that's definitely like some sort of explosion. What can cause mm -hmm. that is different things there. Uh, mm -hmm. He could be, like I said, like, you know, I've had plenty many things there of people making their homemade contraptions, different things there, mm -hmm. uh, doing stuff in the garage and stuff there, and then now causing that to happen there. Yeah. yeah. So, so this when is you one see of those, those yeah. pictures here, this is that you see that. Um, I don't know if you look at the, um, just the structure of it, if, you, if I can, if you look at the structure of it, just you see mm -hmm. where the wood is that usually when the outward forces pushes it out, mm -hmm. you can see that like it pushed it out and then now it's coming, it kind of sags back down. You can see that all this stuff's been lifted up, some sort of thing mm -hmm. that lifted it up. So there's definitely something, some master or something that caused that mm -hmm. uh, with this. That's what's definitely just jumping out at me when I see these photos. 
Right. So there, there's um, so many theories floating around. Obviously, the investigators here have not um, completed their investigation as yet. Um, you know, and I'm going to show you some other photos of the property that may or may not assist. So this is um, sort of the wash and dryer area. We see things like um, paints and stuff here. I don't know if one of these might have been a gas dryer. Somebody suggested that it, it may have been. Tell mm -hmm. us about, like, you see this utility room, right, where you've got your um, your wash and dryer. Say one of these is a gas appliance. What sort mm -hmm. of things should you try not to keep around, um, you know, your gas tank or your gas appliances or, you know, safety-wise, what should people be thinking about? Yeah, so one of the things you want to do is that, especially when you have gas uh, appliances, mm -hmm. it's definitely not have things around that also what is called the a catalytic or it can kind of be like a synergistic effect. So mm -hmm. those paint cans and different things are also petroleum-based products. So those actually, so once they catch on fire, usually makes the fire bigger, much hotter. So usually try not to have other flammable materials around uh, the gas, your gas stove or your actual mm -hmm. utility closet here. Um, also too, having large products overhead can become mm -hmm. a big fall hazard if that, because if this does explode, uh, one of the things you worry about is not necessarily it's the pressure of the explosion, but then now the shrapnel that comes mm -hmm. along with it after the fact. And all these different things that you see here are potential uh, shrapnel and potential things that can cause even more damage just from just sheer shrapnel just going from the force of those different pictures you see there. So once the explosion happens, all these things now become projectiles. So mm -hmm. those another thing there, be careful of having projectiles around uh, your area there. Make sure it's clear. Uh, anything, all these heavy products above are usually a no-no uh, for mm -hmm. you when you have these at the ground level or also in another utility closet somewhere far away uh, from other things that become flammable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing that uh, given the <clears throat> amount of damage that this property sustained, um, that no one was, uh, you know, killed. I mean, do you often right. see... Uh, people walking away from this type of a situation? I mean, we think it's a bit of a miracle, really. Yes and no. So recently, just as recently, it's probably like three, six months, well, about four, well, I think it was last year, so take almost six months ago. Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, seven months ago. Uh, in December, up in, in New Jersey, firefighters, actually, this one was that they had a natural gas water, but also, too, it went into the attics, uh, the, the basement of it, and actual uh, firefighters were had monitors. They walked in and those in monitor, and literally as soon as they walked down the bottom stairs, their monitor started going off. And as soon as they were trying to get out, it actually exploded, uh, had a gas explosion, flash fire, and all of them survived. But thank God they had their protective gear on. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were able to survive it. But I've seen many times that people do not survive this. Uh, recently, last uh, two years ago, uh, firefighters killed from simply just a, a natural gas release. And then now they had an explosion and did not survive it. So he is very lucky. Uh, most of the time it's, it's just depending on where he was at. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like for him, like you said, it may not, he may, he may not have been where the actual source uh, was, mm -hmm. but he definitely was in the area we call it the, the, the zone reference to the explosive zone uh, to do it. So wherever they found that source at, it mm -hmm. found, well, found the ignition source. It came all the way back to where it's them. So he just got the brunt of that force coming back to him. So that's why he uh, survived there and was lucky because he, if he was at directly at where the source was, probably he probably would have been saying a different tune there. So, like I said, mm -hmm. it's uh, most of the time it's um, it's no tell of where. Sometimes people get lucky. Some people 
not mm-hmm. so lucky there. And like I said, wow. he may have some, leg, but yeah, he definitely has some burns there. Right. I'm looking at it right on his, uh, let's say, left shoulder there. He's definitely going to have like he's like, some second degree burns there mm-hmm. uh, uh, from the stuff there. He's definitely yeah. lucky uh, from that. So wherever it is, is that he was definitely, whether he was cooking or some of that, because um, one thing to say is they see where the majority of his burns are, like it says around his arms here. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And looks uh, like and his, his, his feet, yeah. Yeah. So like I said, if it's propane stuff, usually it stays low to the ground and it comes. So it definitely could have went up. And like I said, went up to where mm-hmm. he was cooking at or where stuff here because it's greasy stuff that he had. It was, he was cooking frying breadfruit. That greasy stuff could have caught on fire as well. Mm-hmm. And then splash onto him to his arms there. So that's definitely a telltale sign of like, I can look at him saying where the, looks like where the this notion source came to his feet and came up and went mm-hmm. into that uh, breadfruit there. So uh, could have been potentially doing that stuff there. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. All right, yeah. folks, uh, we've got uh, some people obviously watching, lots of people watching this morning. Romelia says, this is so true. Uh, they, they need to know we care about, oh, I think that's another topic. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Johan mm-hmm. says, another reason that Don Marlin and I do not cook. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he's looking for an excuse not to cook. Um, so Damien's saying, is it odorless? So yes. would there have been any signs at all? Say say it was propane, right? Would there have been any signs at all that uh, something was amiss? Okay. So most of the time, so actual propane and even natural gas, all of them actually have no odor. They're odorless uh, gases. What usually what we do is to add to them to kind of add a safety for We add more captain to it. Where captain is gives you that smell of like almost like rotten eggs odor to it. It's very, very potent that they add a little bit of this to the propane. So then now when you have a release, you don't actually smell the propane or uh, natural gas. You actually smell the mercaptan, which is a safety feature of it to um, to be safe. And now you know it. Now, the downside is that if it's um, sometimes we have run lines under the house or run lines underground, is that sometimes that if you have a release underground, mm-hmm. um, the soil actually sometimes... Um, pulls the mercaptan off of the off of the gas and mm-hmm. then now you may have it now where it's odorless and you may not even know it's actually leaking so you have mm-hmm. to also be aware of that stuff naturally uh, propane and natural gas are odorless by themselves they usually add mercaptan to it to make that smell you kind of have that kind of egg odor that odor rotten eggs odor smell to kind of know that oh there's something mm-hmm. leaking in here uh mm-hmm. for that stuff there but right it can be good that's the safety feature there so yeah. it has happened where it's been filtered out by the ground and now it's releasing. You don't even know it's being released. Hmm. And uh, is it important? I mean, I, I have propane, right, in my home. And so one of the things I also have are some of the monitors that tell me mm-hmm. um, if there is any sort of propane, I guess, in the air or whatever, right? So how important are those types of monitoring devices to have? Um, even carbon monoxide, um, smoke detectors. You know, in, in your line of work, over 16 years of doing this, do those devices save lives? Yes. So that's one of the great things that we should be more more proactive with is that if we know we're going to have a certain device or certain things that we need to have the monitors that go along with it. Um, yes, some costs are associated with it, but you can't put a price on your life uh, uh, with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, usually with like in my house, I have a CO monitor. You have your smoke alarms. And usually, like I say, depending on where you have, like a propane stuff, it's called like a little... Um, combustion meter which measures for 
uh, the gases uh, for the stuff there around those areas. Because mm -hmm. like I say, I've seen many times of we have calls of people that they were able to get their whole family out because they had the smoke alarms that go off before the, or carbon monoxide goes off uh, for that. Uh, and then sometimes you have where people just, you know, come and have no monitors and they just say they have a really, really bad headaches or, uh, you know, fortunately we have, I've seen people lost their lives because they don't have no monitoring there or they forget to replace the batteries for the monitor, mm -hmm. um, doing it every, you know, time change or, you know, every, uh, at least once a year to do that because they're not simply a preventable thing, just having those things there. And it's very yeah. paramount to us and saves a lot of lives and makes, uh, you know, even if it does happen, uh, it minimizes the damage because you're able to catch at such a low level. Absolutely. So Kara uh, confirms that Home Gas told her that they actually put something in their propane so that if there is a leak, um, people are going to mm -hmm. be able to smell it. Otherwise, it's odorless. Paul, Correct. the firefighter in Bermuda, confirms that, yes, good morning. Propane is heavier than air and it is odorless in its natural state. So it's a mixture yep. chemical called, that's the same one that you mentioned? Yep, we're captain, yep. Captain, to give it its smell. So confirming everything that the good fire chief is saying here today. Um, so that's automatically added. And listen, Home Gas has been in business for over 35 years. And they have an extraordinary safety record. So, um, you know, I'm sure that they're doing everything uh, that is, is good practice. So um, Vicky has a question. A lot of people are saying this on yesterday's show, that they assume that if it was related to propane, there would have been some sort of a fire associated with it, but there was no fire. So explain mm -hmm. to us the logistics of boom, no fire. It's just an explosion. So is which is natural. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't, because uh, what happens is, is that what happens is when you have the propane comes out, um, sometimes, you know, if you put a, a light right at the, like the orifice of propane, it won't necessarily go off immediately. What happens is you have to have a right concentration of it, it has to be not too, too much of it. It can't be too lean. So what happens is that when you start that release and when it catches on, when it catches on fire, what happens is that it literally burns all up at once and then it's done. It's called more of like a flash. You call it a flash and a flash fire where it just literally just catches off. The explosion happens. All of the gas is consumed and mm -hmm. then it is gone. That's why it was no fire because all of it was consumed at that actual, uh, once that explosion happened, it was all gone. Uh, for mm -hmm. that. So that's why you usually see fire uh, with that. Sometimes you may have a fire that it may have the explosion and then now other things may catch on fire, uh, you know, couches, uh, other things, other flammable things may catch on fire when that happens. And mm -hmm. then that's when you may have a fire after. But the actual play paint was consumed in that explosion. So that's why you don't have nothing after. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. Some good questions here. 936-2626 is a telephone number. Um, I, I should tell you all that the, the connection keeps dropping. So I'm kind of thinking it's actually not on my end at this point, but we'll just keep reconnecting every time I notice it. Um, so Charles says gas detectors. Another person on WhatsApp says all homes and businesses should be required to have a gas leak detector. Absolutely. This is good common sense, folks. I mean, we have multiple ones in our household, um, right by the, you know, one by the, the gas dryer, one by the gas stove. Um, the gas dryer and the tankless heater in close proximity. So yeah, mm -hmm. this is just good advice. Um, carbon monoxide detectors and stuff as well. Um, you know, I think that uh, Home Gas has them for sale. You can also get them from, I'm sure AL Thompson's must have them. 
And of course, you know, if you're overseas, just pick one up. They're relatively cheap at any of the um, the home goods stores, Home Depot and, you know, Lowe's and whatever, those types of stores. Even I'm sure Walmart, come on now. I'm sure even Walmart mm-hmm. has them. So get yourself um, a gas detector. These things, as uh, as the good chief just said, definitely um, save lives. And they're easy. They're just plug in to the wall. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, here's one right now. I'm just looking at Amazon. Propane detectors at $24.99. Uh, it's not going to break the bank, but it's definitely going to be worth it. They've got different brands and different options. Uh, this one I have here, uh, it's an AC plug-in with a battery backup. Ooh. So if something happens, you know, you got your battery backup, if the power goes out or whatever, you still have, and that one's only $41. So get yourself one. I'll share the link uh, for this one in, in the chat section there. If you use propane, again, really safe. Um, I mean, how many? How, how safe is propane in your experience? Uh, propane is very safe uh, when used. I guess it's a great. We use propane for you know my heaters. We use it for mm-hmm. cooking. Um, it's great. It's a stable fuel. It burns clean uh, with that. So it's a great. But like anything, mm-hmm. if you don't take care of it or properly maintain it, it's going to give you problems. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, listeners of the program says, I'm watching from Orlando. Hey. Oh, it was yeah, right? Caymanians all over. As a Caymanian over here, I'm glad to know that they're knowledgeable firefighters like the guest today. Um, well, he's actually in Orlando. It's so funny that you mentioned you're from Orlando. He is, uh, Emmanuel Washington, is the um, district chief for the city of Orlando. So it looks like you mm-hmm. missed that part, but um, it's so ironic. There you go. It's a listener in your area. So he's actually not here in the Cayman Islands. Uh, we brought him on the program because sometimes logistically, it's a little bit more difficult to get some of the local experts on. You know, they're out there busy, I guess, with this current investigation. And I find that quite honestly, uh, Neith, they're just not as willing to speak on these things immediately or right away. Six, seven months later, we're still waiting on a report, right? So, you know, in this program, hey, we, we get on it while it's topical. So she has a question about um, where Home Gas is still located. Yes, they are still on Walker's Road. They've not moved. Um, They are upgrading their facility and building a state-of-the-art upgrade. And um, I'm sure at some point, um, John and those guys will come on the show and tell us a little bit more about that. They're putting things in place that means that the um, facility, the plant location is going to be uh, that much safer. But I'll I'll leave those details to when they're actually on the program because they can tell you all the logistics of exactly what they have in place. So Gareth, good morning. Uh, Romilia says, how was there no fire? And he stated that he was cooking breadfruit. So to be clear, he was cooking on a electric two burner, like I guess those little portable or tabletop Mm -hmm. um, burner, electric burner stoves. Um, but I think the fire chief has just explained that, you know, a lot of times there might be no fire. Um, so that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule about the cause of it. Yeah. So um, good morning to Maureen. She says this is really good information and she's going to share this. Thank you so much, Miss Maureen. Uh, Amori says with the pressure that blew out neighbors' windows and lights, how didn't the man inside the house sustain any more injuries than the burns that he had? I mean, it is quite shocking that he was not any more injured than that. But um, so what we're looking at, uh, Mr. Emanuel, is, is adjoining homes like that street and even the street over and across the street had blown out windows. Uh, doors were cracked and blown out. One neighbor um, who was sort of back on to this house 
had their front porch, which was on the other street, the sheetrock and that, or the cement board really, uh, dropping in on the porch. I mean, the the damage for the surrounding properties, I thought was really quite something to see as well. Yeah. Uh, so when I noticed that, I don't know if you, if you get a chance to, I wish I would try to find some more videos there, but I've seen plenty of videos of people at this, that just happened to work in there around it become usually unscathed. You'll see the pressure blow out, but because they're so close to the actual source, sometimes they'll blow out and they just run away and don't even realize what happened. It happened so quick that the flash happened, but then it's an outward force. So as an outward force, so you'll see usually from where the source is, is an outward force as that force goes out. Initially it's not as potent, but as it goes out further and further, Literally gets bigger, and like I said, you start seeing homes get knocked over, uh, structures being affected. But people usually closer to the source usually don't see as much as we're actually outside of larger uh, outside of it. You see like the windows and everything outside of it. It's actually pretty odd uh, with that, but it just because of the physics of how it works with the explosion, just depending on where the source mm -hmm. came from to where it actually uh, from where it lit off at to the actual source of where it came from, it actually caused that. So it just mm -hmm. really did. Like you see tons of explosions. With people working in their stoves, whatever, and literally you'll see them unscathed. Like they'll have a the flash, so you see them get the burns from the flashing, but you won't even see it actually uh, have more injuries. Uh, besides that, usually you're pretty lucky most mm -hmm. of the time. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, um, you know, for for our radio listeners, um, I think that he's gonna have to pull us off because it's just painful. I'm having to constantly monitor that feed and reconnect. So I think he's going to, Chuck is going to go ahead and just pull us um, and put on Al Jazeera news. But we're here on social, log on. Uh, I'm sure we're much more interested, interesting than the social connection, uh, than Al Jazeera news. But um, the, the radio connection is just really problematic today. So Everton says most CO2 detectors, they come with a 10-year um, that you don't have to replace the battery. Uh, if lasts for 10 years and then um, add, it's no good. So you don't have to keep replacing the battery every year. So that's good. And I mean, read your products when you buy them, right? Um, so KK says, this is sort of an interesting tidbit. So, you know, um, you know, Chief Emmanuel, you know, sometimes people are looking for another story. So people have said, was he cooking something else that might not have been illegal? The rumors around, was he making a bomb? And that that's went wrong. Funny. <laughs> you know, what was going on here? It's ironic that the house was just put up for sale a week ago, that the house was subject to a planning enforcement order. So technically it, it can't be sold if there's a planning enforcement order attached to the house because they had built on this addition to the house and didn't get planning approval. So now they have to go back and, and retro, you know, try to, in hindsight, get planning to approve it. They've got to pay all sorts of fines and fees and whatever. So people are thinking there's a little bit of messiness around the house. Um, in terms of like the ownership and that whole situation, maybe there was a desire to, I mean, somebody I think would be stupid though to, to do this, but maybe there was a desire to create a situation where an insurance claim um, could be submitted. What do you think of those theories? Do they seem plausible? Do you think somebody was trying to build something or cook something? Now, I, I have no idea what this is here, but I, from my experience, I have ran on calls it had the similar things that I can show you that we've had videos of. We have ring video footage of a guy in his garage uh, doing some things, whatever, uh, a clandestine lab. We call it a clandestine lab, whether it's uh, uh, bomb making. Um, uh, we call it, uh, you know, whether it's clandestine drugs, different things like that. And the, f the physical process of making these different chemicals there. 
Uh, sometimes there have been explosions that happen to those kind of flash fires with that. And it literally is just the same. You know, you see person have some burns here and there, uh, usually a concussive thing, wave that goes out, causes damage to the neighboring houses, whatever. And most of the time, that's how we get the calls to find out uh, from neighbors that, hey, this went off and, you know, you have those things here. But, it, you know, those hell happened before. Uh, usually, like I said, they go through it. Uh, usually they're uh, going through the scene. They have to figure all those different things out. But like I say, I don't put it past anyone. Like I say, you just, you just tell what it is. I know some sort of explosion happened. some sort of flammable atmosphere that caused that explosion. What can cause that? It could be propane. It could be natural gas. It can be from making explosives. It could be made from uh, clandestine labs. It could be a plethora of things that can cause that to happen. So, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. like I said, I'm not ruling that, but it can't happen. There's a possibility for that. I'm not saying it happened, but there's a possibility for that. And I've seen right. it happen before. And how, how do you how do you determine uh, when you go into an investigation whether it's a natural gas explosion or if somebody was cooking something, or especially if they're not necessarily going to tell you, you know, if they were cooking something, they're probably not going to confess to that. They'll say, yeah, I was just cooking breadfruit, <laughs> you know. But how do you know if it's something more? What are some of the telltale signs that you might be looking for? Um, usually, most of the time with us, so with us, Orlando Fire Department here, we also have a bomb squad. So we work with mm. bomb technicians there. We're not necessarily trained on that. We kind of looked at some certain things here, but the bomb technicians are the experts that do that uh, with that. But the biggest thing, like you said, when we come on scene there, um, we're looking for... Uh, different types of like glassware, uh, different chemicals there. We're looking for different chemicals mm -hmm. there, whether it's, you know, uh, some household products, some other ones that they're using for uh, to make an ex explosives. Um, we're looking at different things there around it. Now that an explosion happened, a lot of stuff has been scattered. So mm -hmm. you can't necessarily see where everything is. And that's where the more investigative, the police comes in and more of the well, our bomb squads are, take the, uh, are cops as well. So they'll come in and kind of do the investigative mode of kind of looking and describing and looking for certain things that would uh, tell them. The first thing they'll look for is where the source of it, where did the explosion start from mm -hmm. to leave out. And once they go there and find that source, they start from there kind of working their way around it to kind of see uh, what caused it. So that's the probably the first thing I do uh, when they, when I work with bomb techs is that they look at the source and saying, where did it come from? Where did the start point happen? And once they find that start point, they'll start kind of like making circles around it to kind of like work their way out to see if there's anything that can cause that to come there. So mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of just working reverse uh, from there. So usually that's what you start looking for, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's different types of whatever the source is. The sources, and I'll tell you what kind of things you need to be pulling in on that, or honing in. Right. And of, and of course, that's why it's important to, um, to cordon off the area as well. And to secure right. it. So I was a little bit surprised um, to hear that um, there was a possibility of some of the the debris having been moved and stuff. Um, so uh, in my mind, this is a question that I have for the local authorities. Can I need some clarification on this? Does that mean that overnight there was nobody at the location, like a police officer, mm. making sure that no one went in the general vicinity? So that's a little bit weird to me. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying yeah. to get some clarification on that because you think securing the scene until the investigation is completed means that you secure the scene 24-7. Correct. All right. We've got a caller on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Uh, morning. Um, regarding the, the questions that have to do with why there wasn't any fire um, as a result of whatever actually occurred, does that 
cause you to think that this is more along the lines of a supersonic event or a subsonic event? Mm. Did you hear that caller? Sorry. It's a supersonic event. You talking about sound like a? Yeah, either either a subsonic or supersonic event. So he's saying, do you think it's a subsonic or supersonic event? And so you talk about so when that flash happens, it's literally like a. Uh, it's like it's it's really like a well, technically it's more of an explosion, but it's almost yes. So when that rush of, so whatever the source is goes and catches on fire. All of that prog that's sitting around here, it just rapidly goes up and it change of pressure. So technically, I mean, when you talk about supersonic, just it reference to the speed in which it happens. It is almost at a, it's a speed of reference to how fast it catches on fire. Depending on how much was there, it's relatively quick and almost could be fast as a supersonic, like a subsonic, a supersonic kind of like, you know, wind explosion kind of like stuff. I know what you're trying to say like that in that same exact way. Uh, but it can happen similar to that. And then it is a super subsonic kind of event, but it's similar to that where you see that it's, uh, I have to find some videos of just the rush from that source to there. It is so rapid, so fast within less than less than a second. You see it go from here. It catches all of it in fire and it almost similar relates to like almost like a subsonic event, like this, that rush of air going from one plane to the other one, but it's a flame that just goes and catches on fire and causes that explosion. Okay. If it if it was if it was a subsonic event, you would you expect to see fire in um, more more risk of a fire or um, just trying to think about what the possibilities might be? It could be fire. Like I say, sometimes like I tell you, if the way it was is that if it's only a certain amount and that initial explosion catches all of it. It may not be no fire. Or what happens is that certain other things that may catch on fire from that, and then you have a, a residual fire after it. Um, other sources, because that may not, um, like, you know, we have multiple places that have gas, like the stove, uh, the dryer, uh, other places that then you may have other things may cause to uh, have a fire as well. So it just depends on what other things, that, if what was inside the house is on fire, if you have a lot of, uh, you know, just wood products or anything that can catch on fire. That will cause it, but some things were not on fire. Some things more exploded, like I say, went into the air and moved that product. That pressure wave could have killed most of those fires. Well, when you have that pressure wave that goes from the explosion, could also from the air also just necessarily cause uh, to hash out any fires that were if there were fires. So it's kind of like uh, it's depending on what happens there. Certain factors causing to it. Sometimes I've been to calls where there's no fire, literally just an explosion. And I've been to where mm -hmm. they had an explosion and there's still stuff catching on fire. So it just depends. Okay. Okay. All right, Carla. Thanks right, thank very you. much. Appreciate it. So Charles says Sandy, when home gas was put there at storage tanks in the present location, it was the, a wilderness. The government put the schools close to the storage tanks afterwards. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, Everton says, and people uh, do not smoke around gas stations when you're pumping gas. Do not use your phone. When you're pumping gas, it's very dangerous. I see a lot of people using their phone, and I just walk away. So um, is this still something that's a concern? Like when you go to the gas station, mm -hmm. uh, smoking and using your phone is still a concern? Yes, very much so. Uh, I wish I could show I could show you uh, a video we always show in class and stuff that kind of the push that is that we take a picture of uh, uh, called a thermal imager. It shows the heat weight of it. But literally, you see somebody pumping gas, and you see 
the off-gassing of the gas that goes around. Literally, it surrounds the whole car. The vapors from it, you don't even, it does, you can't see it by the naked eye, but it mm -hmm. used to put a thermal camera on. You see the vapors going all around the car, even though the person's pumping gas in, and you see how easily somebody lighting a cigarette in the front of the car or the back of the car, how easy it is uh, for it to catch on fire in there. So those things always see there. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely a concern. Even that, and also, too, when you do homes and stuff there, the static electricity uh, from those different things there can definitely cause um, uh, those things there. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm going to see if I can um, uh, if I can find... Does, that, I mean, is there any difference if it's an old phone versus a modern phone? Does any... No, so, matter? Uh, no it doesn't matter. The biggest thing is that you don't realize that when you when you make that call, whatever the static electricity that it causes from that that little thing there, the electricity mm -hmm. gives off is enough. Even just you know you don't realize it. Um, you know, switching fl uh, flipping uh, um, lights when you flip a light on and off, mm -hmm. that amount of energy in that in that actual uh, light there can cause fires in it. Uh, it's it's over like eight hundred joules of energy, and like I said, in order to cause a fire, you only need like ten joules of energy, and there's that little flick of the light there and that little, usually it's like a little electric, that little on and off with there causes enough to cause a flicker and cause this stuff there. So um, it's one of those things there that you can definitely, uh, let me see. I found the video. Let me show you what you found the video. I'll share this with you. If I can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. There's a private chat area there. If you, um, if you want me to pull it in or if you can pull it up, either way is fine. Let me see you share the screen here. Let me see. Um, yeah, that's pretty crazy. So there's here, so there's somebody pumping gas here. If I can just, mm -hmm. um, if it can play, Ooh, give me a second. It's, sure. it's taking a sweet time. <laughs> that's okay. Um, uh, so this is very very interesting. Wow. Huh. There we go. If you see it right here, look, see the price pumping, and this is a, a fair camera. So that's what he said. Don't what you call about it because literally, if you can see it. That little gas you see right is from the gas that's pumping yeah. so and like i said people do this all the time depending on where the wind blows and stuff there it yeah. could be the front of the car the back of the car you don't realize you just kind of smell the gas and it's, yeah. that's why they say hey you know make sure you don't do that so that's one of the things i always right. tell people is that, you know oh yeah you know we you know whatever definitely right, right, right. huh um so do, do you do you have to be on the phone so obviously if you have the phone in the car or on your person, you're pumping gas. Is that safe? Um, the usually one of the things is that usually when you're on the phone, when you technically you're not supposed to have it. They want they want to, you're not supposed to have it on. What happens that it emits energy anytime you receive a text message and that ringtone, doo doo, or those different vibration stuff that gives off energy from it. So that's one of the things that uh, you tell the stuff here that gives off a little static. It gives off a little electrical energy for it. So that's why you, you just need to be careful uh, with that. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Huh. All right, folks. Um, yeah, gotta be careful. Um, hmm. Pretty crazy. All right. Let's see if we have any other uh, questions or comments uh, this morning. So good morning to Perla. Lavana says, I see the pump attendants using their phones while pumping customers gas here. Because in this country, we actually have pump attendants that pump it for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so she says that she's seen the pump attendants do that. They should know better, I guess. But uh, fortunately, what happens is that we call it, it's called normalization of deviance. Most of the time, what happens is, is that when you do something wrong, most of the time, what happens? Nothing. Nothing. So yeah. what happens is that you think you're called normalization of deviance. Oh, I'm just going to do it all the time. And the T was, and all of a sudden, 
boom, an explosion happens or something happens. They're like, oh, you know, excess of whatever here is as well. We used to kind of always did that and nothing ever happened. I mean, this is one time you get that perfect mixture and you pick up the phone at the right distance. You have that different stack of electricity and then boom, it, it causes it. So they can say, this is only a matter of time. It's a matter of, oh. Look at that one. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be careful, folks. So yeah, Murphy's Law, just because it, it doesn't happen 90% of the time doesn't mean that there's not that 10% that you should be concerned about, even a 5%. Um, so Damien says, so we're, so where is the actual propane tank? Did that explode also? So we saw propane tanks that appear to have been in perfect tack at the location. I don't know if that was all of them because it does look like this was a tenement yard. So they were like renting out, you know, different portions of the house. So I don't know how many kitchens they had, um, and so on. And of course, again, this is why, you know, you've got to be so incredibly careful when you're talking about um, the necessity to get planning approval and follow building codes and stuff like that. You don't get planning approval for stuff. You know, we, we don't know what, what was going on with electric uh, connections in the house or anything else. If you get planning approval and they actually have inspectors come in and make sure that everything's safe, that is certainly the way to go. When you're not doing that, there's always that that. 5% chance, you know, that something might not be connected properly or might not be uh, working in an optimal way. And of course, you know, once that happens, what are you going to do? So um, we don't know, Damien, exactly how many like different areas they had for cooking, um, how many different propane tanks. We saw two there that were perfectly intact. We know the bigger one wasn't attached. And maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Can, can a propane tank that's not even connected um, cause a problem? Would that have been a likely source? Um, depends on a couple of things here. I've read on calls where uh, a house fire started and then now flame impinged on a, a one that wasn't necessarily involved. And when it flame impinged on it, it caused it to degrade and now it starts to have a small leak on it. Mm -hmm. As that... Um, um, if it's just sitting there by itself, most of the time they're pretty good. They're pretty sturdy structures that you're not necessarily going to have any problems with it. But uh, it just depends on what was happening there. Um, what else is there? Uh, it just depends on that. I haven't, if it's not being messed with, sometimes those things are pretty sturdy when it causes problems. But I have seen that the reason why they disconnected it because it's had a small leak and they just haven't dealt with it. And then now it actually causes another problem with that. So I have seen all of there. It just depends on if they've been, you know, negligent with that or not, but you have to just go and see and actually uh, with that. But it seems like you said, the picture looked totally fine. Like it was had no problems with it as well uh, mm -hmm. from, because you would know uh, it'll have some problem. Like you'll see a tinge or the heat, you'll see some flaking or you'll see some sort of heat impingement on it, different things like that. They kind of tell you that it's been involved with it. Mm -hmm. All right. So very, very interesting. Um, so somebody else said that that's too bad that people still don't understand that about the, the gas station. The amount of people I see using their phones at the gas station, worse, the gas attendants themselves actually using it. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Hmm. Um, it, it, does it matter? Do you have any protection if you're inside the car um, and somebody's pumping it for you or should you just not use it at all? Don't tempt fate. You're fine in inside the car. That's what they say. Don't come. You're fine if you're in the car. That's yeah. what they say. Don't go in and out of the car. Once you're out of the car, stay in the car. What happens? They're going back and forth. Creates a side electricity. 
going back and forth because you're grounded inside, but if you come out going back and forth, that's that electricity stuff. That's where you get problems at. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, Damien is talking about lithium batteries. Ooh, yeah. That's um, using many products such as electronics and toys, wireless headphones, handheld power tools, and so on. Um, Perla says some just don't follow the rules for their own safety. And others, they um, are also supposed to do it. So, yeah, just about, you know, being considerate, really. Um, static electricity being dangerous, says Everton. Good morning to Melissa. Miss Sue is here joining us. Good morning to Miss Sue. Perla says, I think that all gas stations should make those signs bigger. Some people probably don't even know. I can't even recall having seen a sign now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Have there been any signs lately? I mean, these I, are small I, signs right there on the actual yeah. pump itself, whatever, like small signs on the little thing in the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Everton says you must also turn your motor vehicle off, uh, which is common sense. You can pump gas without turning it off. <laughs> I didn't even think you could do that, but maybe. Because um, they, they tell you what, um, Chief, these new electric vehicles, they're so quiet that sometimes yeah. I have one and when it goes into EV mode, like I literally can't hear it. And I, I've walked away before and left it running uh, and didn't remember three hours later, I'm like, oh my God, the, the car has been on for three hours. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty quiet. Like I literally went to shopping plaza, an area here called Caymana Bay, got out of the car, walked away from it, had the keys on me, but you know, still walked away, left mm-hmm. it, came back three hours later, it was dark out. I'm looking, walking towards my car thinking, oh, Somebody left their lights on. Come to find out it was my car. Oh, my gosh. Just left it running for three hours. Wow. Uh, Denny, good morning. You have another comment or question? Yeah. In relation, along the same lines as cell phones at uh, gas stations, um, what's the risk with electric cars at gas stations? Mm. Um, well, for- the the biggest has not necessarily we're not worried about with electric cars we're not worried about them like to cause the fire from like the gas or whatever what we're worried about now is just with lithium ion batteries these things here uh they have what's called one runaway reactions um mm-hmm. that when they get the problem is that they get damaged um they work great when they're not damaged but the things that when they get damaged uh that's when you have the runaway reactions you have seen a lot of calls of fire we've seen a lot of that uh during hurricane ian um when we had a lot of those electric cars got flooded out and the salt ate away at the protective parts mm-hmm. of it. And now you had the lithium ion batteries catching on fire left and right. Uh, for that was a huge problem that we dealt with uh, after the hurricane and those cars getting flooded stuff there. Necessarily at a gas station, not necessarily a problem with the neighbors. They're fine because they're usually internal uh, with that. But the problem is we run into is that when they uh, get damaged inside the lithium ions, you see a lot of times a lot of fire department. Uh, um, FDNY is dealing a lot with a lot of places are dealing with people having those scooters um, mm-hmm. and they charge overcharge them and then now they're causing fires is there. Yeah. Oh, the little electric scooters as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wow. What okay. what about what about the fact that our island is at the widest point? It's eight miles. The longest uh, for Grand Cayman is 24 miles. Um, there's no such thing as being away from salt air. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Does that pose any risk to electric cars in terms of 
um, deterioration that might cause you to have to worry about whether things will erode and get exposed sooner than it would in um, where you're much farther away from the ocean? No, that wasn't the problem. Like I said, we ran into the problem is that when they're normal because they had these cars on the beach and it's fine on the beach there. The problem is, is that once these cars got flooded or the salt water got into the chicken covers, uh, if you just get uh, if that salt water gets into the um, yeah. into the actual it's gas the actual battery system and damages it, then that's where we ran into a lot of problems with that. But overall, just naturally, just going the road. No, they're fine. Okay. Thank you. All right, very good. Nine three six two six two six. We're gonna to start to wrap things up a little bit um, here with her guests. Um, so apparently, the only connected tank to the house was the hundred pound cylinder. The four hundred and twenty pound cylinder and twenty pound cylinder were off and not in use. All the mm -hmm. cylinders had no issues and still contained propane. So yeah, it wasn't. That wasn't the source. So that wasn't the source. And most likely this was doesn't sound like the source, but like I said, you know, he's frying breadfruit. You know, could be a lot of things he'd be frying. I don't know. So you know. Yeah. Well, you see, this is where this is where those details are important, right? Because when you add in knowing that, hey, not only were the propane tanks outwardly fine, but they've actually now confirmed that the contents on the inside of the propane, the gas was still there. They weren't even connected except for one. It kind of makes you go, hmm. There's a possibility that something else is going on here for sure. So yeah, what what can I what can I say? I'm I'm no expert. Max Max is a little bit off topic here today. That's nowhere near the discussion that we're having. Um, Paul says it's called thermal runaway. Once mm -hmm. the batteries catch on fire, it's difficult to extinguish. So again, a fire fireman Paul in the house as well. Thank you so much for adding your expertise to um, to the show. So super interesting. Um, Chief Emmanuel, anything else you want to share with us? We're so tickled pink to have you on the program this morning. Uh, no, just thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, uh, all those good things there. And if you ever want to talk about food, let me know. I know. Uh, you can <laughs> Uh, also, like I said, I did a competitive cooking yeah. so at Chef yeah. Manny FD on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, do a lot of cooking and all that fun stuff at the firehouse. So that's all the fun things I love to do. Wow. So let's talk about your food a little bit because I'm actually a foodie. So I'm interested in uh, how you got into your top chef there. How, how did you get into into show like, um you know, Master Chef? How did you do that? Uh, so it started as a joke. The first show I did was uh, Cutthroat Kitchen. And that started all off as a joke. Uh, my friend signed me up for that show. Food Network called me. And I actually thought it was a prank when lady called me. I uh, said, mm -hmm. hey, you know, you know, we want you on the food. I want you to be doing a firefight edition of a show. So we want to actually do that. But I thought it was a joke, but actually it wasn't. And um, I did that show. And ever since then, I've been. Season, season six, MasterChef? Yeah, so I did uh, season seven of MasterChef. Oh, I did uh, Cutthroat Kitchen first. And the uh -huh. season seven of, uh, of this show, of uh, MasterChef. And mm -hmm. then uh, I finished up and did Food Network Star after that with Bobby Flynn and John DeLorenzo, season 14 of that. And I finished second wow. on that show there. So I, I did a couple of things there. Okay. Uh, so doing stuff there. So I just do that and do a little cooking on the, on the uh, for fun and all that stuff there and do real private chefing as well and stuff there. But still do competitive cooking around everywhere. 
Wow. So you, you grew up in a household where everybody was, was cooking and you just yes. fell in love with it. And what's, what's your favorite, what's your like go-to dish? My go-to dish is my chimichurri uh, skirt steak uh, with cilantro lime rice, uh, some uh, black beans, then I usually mm -hmm. do some caramelized plantains. Some caramelized plantains. Is that dessert mm -hmm. or that's just a side it's, dish? It's, it's, it's a side of it, but yeah, I usually do some plantains. I usually do a little, and I coat them with a little brown sugar mm -hmm. so they can get a nice, they have a nice and nice little coat on It's really good. Nice and little okay. crunchy and salted inside. I, I, love, I love me plantain. Trust me. That's, mm -hmm. that's like, you give me plantain for lunch, breakfast, dinner, snacks. <laughs> I'll eat them any, any time of the day. So we got a couple pictures there that we're going to show of um, the chief. Look at this. So this is when you were on uh, what, Master Board Chef. That's Master yeah, Chef. Master Chef. Yep, yep. So that was a couple of things that I did and stuff there. So that's a couple of things I did there. So, yeah. so how did you do in the competition itself? Uh, this show, I finished fifteenth on it. We started from well, a couple thousand to the wow. final forty. We got to the we got to L.A. We battled that to get to twenty, and from that twenty, uh, we went week by week, and I finished fifteenth. Hmm. Very cool. That's awesome. Fantastic. I love it. And I see a couple. I'm just looking at your Instagram feed here. And uh, Chef Manny, I see a couple dishes. This is your, uh, you did one where you say Mother's Day is around the corner. I need a dish to cook. This is a stuffed key lime French toast. Wow. Yeah. That looks amazing. And then we've got a, um, oh, this is the start of the key lime French toast. You're cutting up the bread and stuff like that. Hmm, pretty cool. Well, you got an open invitation. Come visit us here in the Cayman Islands. Uh, we'd Most love definitely. to cook down. We, we have an annual um, Taste the Cayman show. Maybe they can have you come on as uh, one of the celebrity chefs. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I need to reach out. You know somebody out there I can talk to? Oh, yeah. To talk we, to. we got you. We got you. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. We'll hook you up. Oh, um, thank you. So, man, I'm looking at some of your other um, cooking. Yeah, this looks good. Um. Oh, I see you got some deviled eggs on display here. Hold on. Let me show our viewers um, one of your IG videos because this looks pretty cool. So it looks like you were having a little deviled egg display. Let me mm -hmm. see if I can uh, copy this link real quick. Um, yeah, we're foodies around here. We love we love good food now. Damien, uh, Damien Charles says that Gordon Ramsay, really nice. he's a nice guy. Damien. Uh, he's really nice. He just does the screaming for TV. He literally just does the <laughs> screaming on TV. Literally, he's like, hey, man, this character. You. he like had a full conversation with me. Then when he said action, he's like, didn't I tell you? And he just goes right <laughs> he's really nice, but he just, you know, he just does it for that, sure. That's, right? his, that's his character, then. That's this his character. character. But he's really nice in person. Really nice oh, guy. Really fun person. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Let me just pull up one of your one of your videos here. Um, and then who, who are you with here? This is Food Network. Yes, who now we started some season finale. That's Bobby Flay right there. You know, got B Bobby Flay stuff there. And then uh, Giada De Laurentiis, uh, one of the things that we made the finals there. I finished second on that show, Food Network Star. Uh, the guy who won there, Christian Petroni, uh, the guy on the far left there was the mm -hmm. winner of it. But um, it's just um, one of the things there. It was an amazing experience. By far, one of the greatest people I, I love working with Bobby Flay. By far, one of the nicest people I met, man. It's just a great person, man. Hmm, awesome. All right, let's check out one of the little videos here. Devil eggs are a must-have. Now believe in crack egg when it says there's nothing an egg can't crack. Yes. Eggs are easy, affordable, convenient, and versatile. Full of you know, hosting a backyard, devil eggs are a perfect solution. You can prepare yes, it ahead of time, refrigerate, and, and pipe your eggs before serving them. 
Classic devil eggs are classic, but you know these quinoa, Greek yogurt eggs, or even eggs with guacamole filling tortilla chips. Visit IncredibleEgg.org oh, wow. for these recipes and more. And remember, when you make these creative dishes, use hashtag crack it with an egg. I, I need to get the uh, I need to get a couple extra deviled egg recipes. I do a traditional one that everybody loves, and yeah, I mm -hmm. do um, a fried deviled egg, which Ooh. is pretty good too. And then that one's kind of peppery and stuff. But um, I, I like the one with the tortilla and guacamole. That that's got to be pretty nice. Mm -hmm. uh, morning caller, welcome to the program. Are you still on the radio? No, the radio feed was becoming a little too much to handle today. It kept chipping in and out. So we got to try to figure out what's going on. But you can join us on social media. There's still, oh. there's still 400 of us almost on social media. So join us over there. No, my computer is down. I was happy. Oh, gosh. Can't Again. help you today then. <laughs> All right, my Again. dear. All right. Sorry. Okay, good, good. Well, what we might do, because I'm actually away on Friday for our radio listeners, um, I might actually just have Chuck replay this show on Friday. That's good content for Friday show. So Damien having a good laugh at Juliet says, can we get his Instagram name so we can follow him? Yes, it's Chef Manny. So um, actually, let me just see if I can send you all the link. Hold on one second. Um, but it's Chef Manny um, FD. And I'll give you a follow from Cayman Mall Road as well. Um, so Chef, M-A-N-N-Y-F-D. Yep, there he is. And I'll, I'll send, I'll put the link in the chat section. Uh, Jerry says, I remember watching him. So she actually saw those episodes. Um, Garrett says she can also use a mobile phone to listen. Yeah, only she has a smartphone, which, I mean, as long as she's got YouTube on it. Or Facebook, she can definitely still tune into the program. So there's always this gap with her seniors or trying to pull them along in terms mm -hmm. of the technology. You don't need a computer to watch us online. You can definitely still do it from your phone. You've got your Facebook and and uh, and you know your YouTube apps available right there for you. Chef Manny, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. You're uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yep. Uh, she says thank you. Juliet says thank you. Because I love me some cooking ideas, and I'm already scrolling through uh, Chef Manny's page to see what other recipes he's got here that I might be able to snatch. Um, nothing like a fun recipe, trying out something new and exciting. I see you got a sandwich here, Bombay B Bombero sandwich. Bombero sandwich, yeah. It's a Cuban sandwich. It was my fun thing. The, fire, the, fire, the fireman, fireman style of a Cuban sandwich. So Okay. Nice. Looks nice. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you very Thank much. You. And I'm sure that we'll be uh, having you back on the program at some point. And uh, maybe we'll have you on island soon for the next Taste of K-Man. That's it. Most definitely. We'll love it. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Have a good Folks, one. That was District Chief um, Mr. Emmanuel. He is from Washington, Emmanuel Washington, a.k.a. Mandy Washington. He's from Orlando. And uh, he came on the program today, the city of Orlando, to talk to us a little bit about uh, that incident. And like I said, once you get a little bit of the um, details, you really begin to think this is not a propane situation. I'm just saying. Bombero in Spanish is fireman. Oh, thank you, Damien. Learn, learn a new Spanish word today because I did not know that, believe it or not. <laughs> very, very good. Um, let's see who else. So uh, Julian says this dude is a celeb. Well done. Thank you, Kevin. 
Watler for hooking us up with that interview. Uh, this other person says, we love him. He has foodie fans in the Cayman Islands. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I'll send this on to um, J.A. Hart. Maybe he's already thinking about people for his next celebrity chefs. And hey, we got one for you. Okay, so somebody says the regiment was there overnight. Okay, mm. all right. Mm-hmm. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. We still have a half an hour left in the program. So yes, my apologies, but um, the radio was just too unreliable. Literally every five minutes, it is very, very interesting in terms of the incremental stopping. It is, um, I've been monitoring it and looking at it and it does it every five minutes and one second, like clockwork. So that means that we're going to have to contact um, our, our ISPs to see what's going on. But literally that's the time. Every five minutes and one second, it's dropping out. So I'll send this to Marlon once he's home later on. Um, this is a disconnection time. So he'll be able to show them the log of exactly what's happened. It's been dropping. I think what happens with the with the live stream, like online, we don't notice it because there's a little bit of like a delay there. So, you know, it drops and it's, it's fine because it seems to be automatically reconnecting, I think, is what's happening. But it's enough of a delay or enough of a drop on the radio to actually make a difference. Um, so once it drops that connection, I was having to manually every five minutes reconnect it. And um, Chuck was like, no, this is too much. We're going to just put on Al Jazeera News. So um, what I'll do, though, is I'll give Chuck this show for Friday since I won't be here. And he's got content for Friday, a little replay. All right. Um, so let's talk about this, uh, this, this incident. It's weird. I've been sitting here trying to figure out what to do with this. But on um, Sunday night, I started to receive calls that, hey, and messages that, hey, Sandy, what, what's going on? There's some kind of shooting incident at the station bar. And um, I have to tell you that I was kind of like, hmm, okay, let me keep my ears down to the ground. And I didn't really hear much about it after that. So another person said, "Here, this is what one person said at 11.19 on Sunday night. They said, hearing of a shooting by Station Barn Prospect, anything confirmed? And I said, hmm, not yet. They said, okay, try listen out. And I said, all right, honey, chill. And then another person messaged me on uh, Monday to say, uh, Monday morning, afternoon, say, uh, you didn't hear about the shooting at Station Bar last night? And I was like, hmm. I did hear one person talking about it. And then they said, uh, heard masked men pulled up in a van with heavy artillery and tried to shoot someone. And I was like, what? Say who? Say what? The, what the, what the, what? And they said, yes, I witnessed that ish. Um, this island is gone. It was real life Call of Duty-ish. Ish for, you know, S-H-I-N. And they said, I was sitting in a car and they witnessed it. Yep, they had guns uh, with lasers and stuff on it. And I was like, whoa. And I said, well, how many people are we talk about here? And they said three or four people. So I said, could this have been police out doing some sort of an exercise that we don't know anything about? They said, highly doubt it, not the way that they moved. Mm. So we reached out to the RCEPs uh, to see if they were willing to comment about this. And they have not responded. 
Normally when they don't respond, that means that something's going on and they just don't want to tell us. And so their version of, of, they would almost be better off saying, hey, yeah, something's going down, but let's not talk about it now. Like we, we don't want media to get a hold of this, whatever. They don't say anything. So I just assume that, okay, well, if they're not going to say anything, then obviously uh, we're going to be reporting on it because they're not saying anything. So I'm like, well, what's, what's the deal? Like, I don't know. Okay. So I don't know. Um, so that's, that's what it is. If we hear anything more, we will certainly let you know. Um, there is something here. Unreported judgments. Oh yes. There's, there's something here that I need Renee to work on. All right. So two, 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 two. let me just have a look at this unreported judgment, May the 11th. Hmm. So yes, honey chill. Let me just see what this one is. I think this is one that she needs to put in her radar. All right. So I don't have um, much more that I can tell you other than, um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I don't have much more that I can tell you other than, um, we're hearing about it. It sounds like it was kind of a serious situation. Um, you know, we'll just keep an eye and and if we hear anything more, if the police ever actually say anything, we will certainly advise all of you as soon as we know. But people actually said they saw it with their own two eyes. So I'm like, what? That's kind of crazy. I mean, we, we've got to get these guns off, off the streets for sure. Um, very, very uh, shocking and, uh, and reckless, if you ask me. All right. Um, let me just see here. Okay. So uh, anyone else? Anything else in the woman that killed or tried to cure herself or married her? Okay, well, um, all I can tell you, she's dead for sure. Um, you know, no one's confirming the reason for it as yet, and there's really not more, much more to report other than she got married recently, and there are rumors afoot that the husband was the reason for her um, recent demise. That's all I got for you, folks. Sometimes you just don't get more than that. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Chef Manny there, giving you guys the link to follow him. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Luckily, lucky you, Sandy, away again on Friday. <laughs> well, I don't know if it has anything to do with luck, but yes, I will not be here Friday and Monday, but I'm going to try to get you guys some good content, um, including our Cayman Voices series. So thank you so much. Uh, Angela says, great guy. I really enjoyed listening. Uh, thank you so much. Internet buffering too slow, still on 3G. For who? Who's who's buffering? Mm. Perla is asking, when am I going to be on the bike again? So Perla, I was trying to, um, because of the placement of the microphone, everything else, right? I was trying to use like a lapel mic, so I had a cord, like a longer cord. Unfortunately, that wasn't quite as simple as I thought it was going to be to connect. So what I'm having to do is order some wireless mics that are going to allow me to be on the bike and you can still hear me 
although I'm going to be huffing and puffing and whatever, at least you can hear me. Because what was happening is I was on the bike and I was a little bit too uh, far away from the actual microphone. And if that happens, the radio feed might not be picking me up well enough and that'll automatically disconnect if it thinks that someone's not speaking. So I've got to constantly, like I can't go but a couple seconds without talking for the purposes of the radio. So next week, Perla, I should have, um, you know, something in place to address that that will allow me to keep on pedaling and keep the show going. So let, let's get the latest update then on where we are with um, the, uh, the, fire, the investigation. So the police confirmed yesterday that um, they uh, three of the four persons who were in the hospital had been released. Damien's asking about the UK investigative team. I don't know if anybody's coming in for this or not. I don't know why they'd have to bring him in all the way from the UK. Like I'm sure there are people in the US that could help with this as Chef Man, as Chef, Chef and Chief Manny. Um, you know, they have the relevant experience. But the police confirmed that um, you know, three of the four persons were out of the hospital. So basically the only person remaining was the one guy who got the the burns, right? So he is still in the hospital. Um, They also said that all of the agencies, police, fire, emergency services, and other partner agencies, such as Home Gas, remain on the scene of the explosion off-reg, and they were continuing their investigation. So still trying to determine the cause of the incident with fire and police uh, conducting their investigation. They said at this time, so this was yesterday, the cause of the incident remains unknown. So uh, they, of course, still had the area cordoned off and were asking people to be mindful of that and to stay out of the established cordoned off area um, for their own safety, first and foremost, and for the integrity of the investigation as well. Home Gas released a statement although I don't think it's really their issue at all, but they're still erring on the side of extreme caution saying, listen, um, at home gas, you know, we've been serving the Cayman Islands since 1957, that they adhere to the highest safety standards and regulations to ensure the safe storage, distribution, and use of propane. And while they were not directly, while we were not directly involved in the incident, we understand the importance of cooperation and transparency to keep uh, to help prevent such events from occurring in the future. So this is according to manager John Corello and reiterating their commitment to safety, reminding propane users um, to you know ensure that they're taking all safety precautions, uh, make sure that the propane in your home, that those with propane in their homes or businesses to follow those basic steps to ensure the safe usage of propane. So what we'll do, is uh, we'll have John on. He was supposed to come on yesterday, but of course he was at ground zero trying to assist in any way that he can. So we'll find out um, when um, when John can come on the show and um, we'll take it from there. So let me just see what else we've got here. Uh huh. Um, okay. Yep. So 
yeah, don't worry, Paula, uh, Perla, coming right back. What's the verdict with the Sedoni and the CIA saga? Marshall, you know, they refuse to step down. And the only thing that can be done now is those of us who want to do something about it, you've got to sign up, become members of CIAA and vote out the board. So we'll find out some more on when the, um, when the election is coming up and become members. Um, don't worry, we'll become members. So sometimes you've got to go on the inside to be able to um, make a change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Perla says, I'm still waiting to see you and AC OC race down East End and back. Oh, honey child, no, 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 no. First of all, getting on a bicycle on Cayman Roads in this day and age is a suicide mission. Oh, honey child. I used, to, I used to do it, actually. I used to ride from Newlands. I do it like on Sundays and stuff on weekends. It was such a nice little ride. Good workout. I used to ride from Newlands into town, South Sound, through Georgetown and come back, do that little loop early Sunday mornings, as early as I could get up to try to beat the sun. But I have to tell you that in this day and age, with the crazy drivers that we have imported plus our own, mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, honey, child. Um, oh, yeah. So regarding the, the thank you, um, regarding the family. So I did have someone who messaged who was inquiring about um, uh, setting up a GoFundMe page for the family. So let me, let me say this, right? Because I think this is important for people to know. Somebody else this week, this must be the, the week for GoFundMe. <laughs> questions. Someone else, um, so they said, can I start a GoFundMe page for my friend? It was her house that blew up yesterday. Everything for um, her and her two daughters is now gone. So um, what I would say is that GoFundMe has to be linked to a U.S. bank account. So you can't set up a GoFundMe and came and actually get the funds here. Uh, that's only for U.S. bank account. So that's not going to work. But if you're interested, I know that um, uh, MP Sabrina Turner had posted up a message about this, that she was, you know, trying to spearhead some efforts. So perhaps contact her office. And the children are six months old and a three-year-old, and the mother wears a size medium. So if you have any clothing and stuff for a six-month-old and a three-year-old, I think they would have been renting the um, property there. You can certainly... Um, reach out to, I think it's best if an MP's office organizes it as opposed to a, uh, an individual. Good evening. And this is, I know that Sabrina Turner had actually issued a, an audio statement as well. So I'll play that here for you guys so that you can have it available to you. And then, um, she did set up a statement, um, also. So I'll, I'll share all of that with you. Contact the MP's office. I think it's better organized through an office like that as opposed to people trying to hodgepodge uh, put something together, right? So um, this was the initial uh, release that she sent out from her office and um, basically saying that on behalf of the entire prospect community, their thoughts and prayers were going out to everyone affected by the explosion. 
um, for persons who might have been affected or feel that they could benefit from support. Because, of course, we're always thinking about the physical things that people need, which is good. But let us not forget that in situations like this, this is quite a shock, literally, for people. And so they may find that they're in need of emotional support as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how a three-year-old processes having lost everything to an explosion. They, they don't understand, you know, what's going on here. So if you need counseling or emotional support, by all means, um, please reach out. Um, so to the Department of Counseling Services, 949-8789. You can also email them counseling.services at gov.ky. So, um, oh yes, that's a good question, whether or not they're boys or girls. Uh, let me see if I can figure that one out. Hold on. Um, two daughters. So it's two girls, a six-month-old and a three-year-old. That's a great question, Emma. Thanks very much. So Salvin says, why is home gas a part of the investigative team, even if it, even if it was a gas explosion? This is confusing. Well, they have to be because they're the, they're the gas experts. So who else is going to know about their tanks and how to check tanks, et cetera, et cetera? I mean... They kind of have to be part and parcel of it. Obviously, they're not leading it, so they're taking instructions from the fire lead. And this is what why the first question that we asked um, Chief Emanuel this morning was, you know, what's the procedure? How do you guys conduct an investigation? Well, they've got an SOP, Standard Operating Procedure Manual, that they utilize for instance like this. I hope the fire service here and all the relevant agencies, off-reg and so on, have an SOP for this type of a situation. If they don't, they need to get on it. Good evening. This is Sabrina Turner, your Minister for Home Affairs. As you may be aware, there was an incident today at approximately 1.30 p.m. at a residential location in Newlands that impacted multiple homes within the area. The police, fire, and other emergency services are on site conducting investigations to determine the cause of the incident. We would like to thank them for their expedient response and management of this incident thus far and offer them our full support as they continue to work for the safety of the community. We ask that the public stay away from the area to allow emergency personnel to safely conduct their inspections without any additional harm to anyone or themselves. We know that this event has impacted multiple persons and their families physically and emotionally. If you require support, please call the Department of Counseling Services at 949-8789 or email counseling.services at gov.ky. Thank you for your cooperation. All right, folks. So that was a statement issued, um, I believe, yesterday or the day of the incident from um, Sabrina Turner. So, yeah. Uh, Ms. Brenda, good morning. Oh my gosh, I've got the hiccup, sorry. Um, she says, was a bomb squad consulted? Well, like I said, unfortunately, we don't know anything in relation to the investigation here. I mean, I sometimes get bits and pieces from unofficial sources, but the official sources haven't said anything other than investigations continuing. They've not issued any sort of statements beyond that, I'm afraid. Um, Hopefully, they will avail themselves of um, all of the expertise and all the lines of questioning 
But as we said this morning, from what I'm being told from sources, uh, it's it's a little bit uh, challenging to see how this had anything to do with propane, to be honest. Um, so it's her boyfriend mother's house. Oh, okay. So the boyfriend was the one who I uh, had the burn, I guess. What a hot mess. Thank God the children are okay. Um, so yeah. All right. So that's that. Very, very interesting situation without a doubt. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the Cayman Brack. Um, stolen engines and uh, property damage. So this is quite an interesting story that came out from the RCIPS. So what we know is that according to a press statement, and they've shown us um, some pictures here, um, police are carrying out an investigation after uh, five vehicles were damaged at the CBC compound at the Kernel Street on Cayman Brack over the weekend. There was also a theft of three boat engines from the same location. So reports came in to RCEPs uh, shortly after 9 a.m. on Monday that there had been a break-in and theft at the CBC compound. It was reported that around midday on Saturday, June the 3rd, all vehicles and assets were contained and securely locked at the compound. When staff returned at around 8.57 a.m. on Monday morning, they made some observations that there was damage to a section of the chain link fence surrounding the compound. Further checks reveal damage to five vehicles and a storeroom. Three boat engines that were subjects of investigations were also missing. I suggest y'all go see who those belong to. They stole them back, sounds like. And the boat engines that were stolen were from three separate vessels, included two Yamaha, Indro 40 HP and a, what is it, how is it pronounced? Ivanrid or whatever, 15 HP engine. So they say that it's under investigation by the Cayman Brat police uh, station, their service over there. I'm a bit um, surprised that there's no CCTV um, facility at the CBC compound in Cayman Brat. I mean, you know, this seems like common sense to me um, that all government agencies and departments and, you know, government assets, whether it's a lockup facility in the Brack or Little Cayman, the sister islands, they should have pretty decent CCTV cameras at all of those locations. You know, this the, some of these things confiscated or evidence that will be used in a court of law or an ongoing investigation. So it sounds kind of slack to me that none of those things would be protected. Hmm. Little crazy if you ask me, um, but it looks like on the face of it, <laughs> there is no CCTV footage. So I, I don't know what to say. That's pretty crazy. Uh, we'll ask some questions around this from the authorities because I think it's, it's logical that they would have, um, you know, had <laughs> some sort of camera set up. But if they don't, now is the time to invest in said cameras. I'm just saying. Mm -mm. All right. Uh, the Tourism Attraction Board, TAB, as it was called before, has been renamed. They're now an authority 
So the Tourism Attraction Board of the Cayman Islands has announced its name change to the Cayman Islands National Attractions Authority, CINAA, um, stating that the new name reflects the organization's expanded focus on promoting and preserving the unique culture, historical, and natural attractions of the Cayman Islands. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Sandra, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, my dear. How are you? All right. Since you won the Brock topic, yes, I decided sir. to find out if you wanted to talk about my Facebook post last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, son, what I'm saying, right? Uh-huh. We got three rental car companies in Kilimanjaro, four mm-hmm. or five maybe, but three major ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this involves um, the, the, the bringing in of, of cars out of Japan. Mm-hmm. Why I ask this question, Sandra, is it's probably 200 rental cars, maybe more, on Cayman Brack. Mm-hmm. None of them, and I mean none, is probably over 2012. Hmm. So, my question is a lot of them I know that should be needing a place in. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not feasible to spend $20,000 on one car to bring him and Brack. Mm-hmm. To sit out in the sun here waiting on Brack Canal, waiting on Easter weekend, mm-hmm. waiting on Christmas holidays. Mm-hmm. So it, there's got to be a way. Well, let, me, let that, me ask you a question. How long do they keep their stock for? So um, when those rental car companies purchase those vehicles, especially in Cayman Brack, where you're admitting there's probably only a couple major events a year that they would even sell out for the weekend. But how long do you think they keep a vehicle for? Um, I, so they're, they're buying used they're vehicles exact. and they're they, they getting... Buys, like, like, like Mr. Garston, he gets the, the, the nail all of his cars. Now, he probably got 50, 60 cars. Mm-hmm. And nail every one of them is from like a 2011 on the fit. So what he usually do is when the slow season come, he'd sell out like the 2008, 2009, and then get the 2011. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just a bit newer. But yeah, he, he can buy $50,000 rent of cars to sit down here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, no, so, one, no yeah. one would be expecting him to do that. But you do understand that there is a plentiful plentiful supply of these vehicles on island. He doesn't have to go to Japan to get them. So, so I mean, if if we have... Yeah, but Sandra, in, 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 in about two months, all of those 2011s that are for sale in Cayman and be so loud, you know. Yeah, but people always buying and selling cars. Trust me. I see it all the time. Yeah, but so the there, there's, there's always a market and people are always... Cars are always aging. They're always depreciating. The second you drive a car off the off the new lot, it depreciates well, automatically by twenty percent. That's my point. So I don't I don't think that there's going to be any shortage of cars um, because of this. You know, you can't bring in a car older than seven years now in place. So when they want to change ten of those two thousand and eight, you think that three months from now they can find ten. 20, 11s and came on for $8,000, 
Like, what are you bringing out of Japan now? Well, no, they, I don't think they so. might not be able to get them as cheap as they were out of Japan, but let me be very, very clear. During COVID and since then, they can't get them that cheap anyway because the containers alone had gone up five, $6,000 just for container to bring cars. So if you've been yeah. importing cars, you know that you have been getting them that cheap for a while, regardless of the situation, regardless of the year, maker, model, yeah. the vehicle, right? So the cost of those yeah. vehicles have, have gone up um because of chain supply issues not related to anything to do with the age of the vehicle really it's just that the containers there's been a shortage of containers and uh bringing anything from asia now has has you know at one point it was up to twenty thousand dollars a container it's come down since then but it had inflated that much and then it's come back down a little bit so that impacts everything that's being shipped in so i think what you will find is that they may not get it as cheap as they used to get it but there are a lot of stock and inventory of these vehicles right here in Ireland. In fact, there are people here who were not able to sell their stock or inventory who now might have a little pickup uh, uptick in their business. A lot of those but, are Caymanian-owned businesses too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that they could potentially... But it's only, it's only X amount and, 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 and then after they're gone, that's it. Yeah, but, but listen, people are here saying there's too many cars on the roadway, so... You can't always have your cake and eat it too. So we we had to do something. Yeah, I I understand that, Sandra, but yeah, you know, I know we are the Cayman Islands, but sometimes you cannot. You but cannot let me let me ask you this: How would Cayman we back to Grand Cayman? Yeah, but how would we have um, done this where you can bring it into the Brac but not to Grand Cayman? Logistically, how would that even work? Because it has to Same come port. through the port here first, right? No. It, it comes to Grand Cayman, but it don't mm-hmm. come off of the dock. And, and it so, comes straight to so Cayman in, Brack. So in 10 years, when Cayman Brack has an influx of all these vehicles, and then you guys start complaining about traffic. We will cross that bridge when we get ah, to it, but we not get to that bridge yet. But why cross the bridge when you get to it and not do some some planning and thinking about it beforehand? Sandra, you would have, I tell you 1,000 <laughs> times, you would have to live, live in Cayman Brack. Mm-hmm. To understand Cayman Brack. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I hear, I, the, pe- I I hear the people in Grand Cayman all the time make everything sound so simple, but try living here. Mm-hmm. Try living here. Try living here that 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 you have to to sometimes um rent the car cheaper when things are so bad. Mm-hmm. You, you you gotta be here. Yeah. I mean, but those things and, happen and, and, in Cayman too, you know, because I see, listen, everybody here, you know how Cayman is, somebody gets a business idea, 50 people must follow them. It's like follow fashion. Yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have so many rental car businesses here now, and there's one like right across from Cotton Club. Every time I walk, I park, drive by there, I'm not walking, but drive by, I see nothing but the cars parked. So I don't know how well these rental companies are doing just because they exist. And a lot, a lot of them are side hustles for people who have other jobs. They're firemen, um, police officers. Yeah. They work for government. So they have good jobs making a decent salary. And then they just start up these side hustling business to try and make a little bit extra on the side. So maybe yeah. they don't care if it's that profitable or not because it's not their primary business. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but I think there's a lot of stock here in Grand Cayman where I don't think the BRAC has to worry. It might come down to just being able to negotiate a price that you're willing to pay. Yeah, but like I said, they they can sell out after a while. 
you know, I, I, but, I, but they're I, in um, rotation. People are always buying and selling cars right now. I'm I'm selling my Honda Fit to lady. She has an older uh-huh. Honda CRV. She wanted something um, a bit newer, right? So I'm about uh-huh. to trade trade that and, and get my birthday car um, uh-huh. for August. So she's buying a 2022 car, and her her HRV is oh that's quite old. I don't know how old that is, but that's pretty old. That's probably like nine, ten years old. So yes. you know, I feel like there's always people, and then of course she'll sell that to somebody else, and you know, there's always people looking to buy and sell and trade, and you know, so but, the market is always. It, it, yeah, but it can it can it can slow down because that's what I'm saying now. It okay, we have like they say people that work in the restroom. Mm-hmm. Them poor ladies, they they say save two, three hundred dollars a month for two, three years. Mm-hmm. And then when they get up a little seven thousand dollars to say, Yeah, we can buy a car now. But now they can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And they can't go to the bank and get a forty thousand dollar loan and pay eight hundred dollars a month for five years. Mm. So it, it's different in Tim and Roxanne. It's different. Mm-hmm. And and the other question I asked last night on my Facebook as you mm-hmm. as, as as to like just say I have an eight thousand dollar truck mm-hmm. and and somebody write me off and the insurance pay me off the eight thousand dollars. That's for the fear, but what what am I gonna do now? Mm-hmm. It, it it should be like okay. You got your truck written off. You got paid off eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You show licensing or whoever that or customs or whoever that you got paid for that truck. The truck is not going back on the road, so you should be able to bring in one truck then at that same cost because an everybody can buy a twenty seventeen truck. Mm-hmm. So if, if that truck is not going back on the road and you can prove that she was written off, you should be able to bring a truck back in because it, that's not making one more vehicle on the road. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if someone write off my $8,000 truck now, I can't replace that truck. I got to find another $12,000, dollars to bring a truck back on the island. And and and, and everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's well, a different ways, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, we the have to make some tough. Jumps off and passes things right away, but you yeah. got to look at the long-term effect. Well, I think I think that's just that's exactly what the government's saying. The long-term effect is we need to cut back on some of these older vehicles that are on the island. So I mean, they but, they yeah, were thinking about that. The but, right way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody asked me that question. I didn't think about it, but somebody asked me that question last night to say. Is the value of my truck going up now then that I can't bring it in? I don't think so. so. If somebody not, not runs from an insurance perspective. <laughs> uh-huh. So not from an insurance perspective. So Ms. Brenda says buy a horse or donkey. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's 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 um, that's a good question to Binks, my answer this morning. Bink says that the cars don't question. have to be brand new. So she's not really understanding what the issue is. I mean, that's a, a seven-year-old car, it. there has to be a limit, though. I mean, you know, there has to be a limit. I mean, you can't be bringing in cars that are 10, 15 years old. I mean, at some point, there just has got to be a limit. You know, those those cars that we're bringing in are ready at their life cycle. I mean, you can use them for a couple of years, and then they're ready to go to the junkyard. We also have to think about, have you looked at the Cayman Brack dump recently? You know, we also have to think about the impact that we're having 
on the environment because we are so hell-bent on, on importing all these cheap cars. And we've created a whole secondary market for people who are not even Caymanians to be able to import, start an import, a car import business. And they're hustling here and making money and ripping people off. You hear how many of them have already been featured on this show. So I don't know, honey, Chad. I think it's a lot of complex issues, but you know, you've got to find a compromise. A lot of jurisdictions, when it was first passed, we said that you know a lot of jurisdictions um, don't even allow cars as old as seven years right here in the Caribbean. So why are we taking these rejects from everybody else? Even Japan, the reason why they're exporting those same vehicles is because they have a very strict policy with any car over three years old. So why are we holding on to antiquated ways and moving backwards? Yeah, but I know one thing. I know that for these, um, Mr. Gosselin ran a car and, and, and Bud ran a car. They got 50 cars and, and some of them got, got be getting ready to go to the dump soon. And I know that they can't buy 50, $200,000 cars to sit down now in the sun. And we don't block well, I mean, uh, listen to me. I don't even know why he would have 50 cars to begin with, because according to you, the only one weekend of the year that he needs that many cars. I mean, maybe no, he needs no, to look no, at his no, business no, model. No, no, man, trust me. Sometimes the, the cars be rented out, but it's a lot of times they just sit there. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, we appreciate the food for thought. Yeah, yeah. All, All right. right, my dear. And oh, what, yeah. what about cameras at that CBC facility? Do they have any cameras there? That's a long story. <laughs> I know more than I can say that. And I, and I can say that. Oh, Lord. That sounds, very much as in public. Ooh, that sounds like a story. <laughs> All right. But there's a lot of places here that need CCTV cameras. Oh, my God. And Kim and Brown is so easy. They should wire the whole island. All right, honey. Exactly. Thanks. We appreciate right. it. Cool, yeah. Yeah, government should spend some money on that project because I think that would be yeah. worth it. They had two that, that the government had set up and at mm -hmm. the police meeting we found out they wasn't even working. Oh, geez, two days after the police meeting, they were here fixing this. Wow. All right, son. Thanks. Have a nice Appreciate day. Appreciate it. Cool. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, folks. Um, what can I tell you? Hot mess. Mm -mm -mm. So um let me uh did you guys hear about this and we'll kind of wrap up the show. There was a woman who, uh, th this story shocked me out of the United States of America. Boy, they can have some stories. Jeez, I'm peace. A Florida woman was arrested and charged after her car caught fire with her unattended children inside while she shoplifted inside of a mall. Can y'all believe this? Who does this? Well, I don't even know where o Oviedo, Florida is. Where is that? Um, I don't even know where, I have no clue where that is. I've never heard of Oviedo, Florida, but wherever that is, um, is that close to Miami? Is that like a, the city of Oviedo? Where is that? Let me see if I can find exactly where that is. I don't even know where that is. But anyway, she's out shoplifting, decides to leave the kids in the car, unattended, of course. And um, that is close to... Seminole County is a city in Seminole County, um, population of 33,000. Okay. So close to um, part of the Orlando Kissimmee area, Stanford Metro. All right. So uh, madness. But yes, um, she decides to leave the kids in the car as she's in the mall shoplifting. 24-year-old Alicia Moore 
reportedly parked in a Dillard's parking lot around noon on May the 26th, leaving her two children in the car. Went inside the store, loss prevention personnel watched her and an unknown man shoplift items for about an hour. Mm -mm -mm. According to the police report, Moore was leaving the store when she saw her car engulfed in flames, dropped the stolen merchandise, and ran out of the store. Shoppers nearby helped to rescue the children from the flames. Isn't she lucky? Because she'd probably be facing murder charges otherwise. And they were transported to the Arnold Palmer, Arnold Palmer Children's Hospital. One child suffered first-degree burns um, to, their, uh, to her face and ears. And according to news reports, she was arrested by the Orlando Police Department for outstanding warrants unrelated to the incident. While in custody, she was also charged with aggravated child neglect and arson. How did the arson, how are they charging her with arson? That's an interesting one. Uh, it is undetermined what ignited the fire. However, if Moore was not being neglectful, it is unlikely the children would have gotten injured. So they're, they're charging her for the arson? Hmm. She was arraigned on Friday and pled not guilty to both charges related to the incident with her children and she also faced four additional charges of petty theft, battery, and assault from previous incidents and being held on $48,000 bond, according to jail records. Wow. And you got to see the car. Uh, go on our, our, our uh, website and have a look at the car. When I say engulfed in flames, the car is totally burnt out. Alejandro says, poor kids. Um, you know, just that's very disgusting what people do in desperate times. She's not desperate. She's just a criminal. She's just a common thief. Um, Sue says those poor children, what they must have gone through with a mother like that. And unfortunately, what they'll continue to go through. Um, thank you. Um, confirming that's the Orlando area. I had no idea. I've never even heard of that area before, that little city. But can you guys imagine what kind of slackness is this? Mm -mm. I tell you what. Anyway, have a read of that crazy article. Pretty unusual stuff going on. All right, folks, that's all we've got for you here today. My apologies for the radio link not being um, up and running. We'll have to troubleshoot it so that hopefully tomorrow we can have a good show because we do have a minister um, near Central Florida University. Thank you so much for that. We do have um, the minister that's supposed to be coming on the show tomorrow, so we're going to make sure that everybody can hear him. So we'll see what we can do in terms of the internet. Until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic day. Please be safe on the roadways. Take your time. We might be in for a little bit of rain. Looks like it's clearing up a little bit. Some sunshine along the way. Be safe out there in these streets. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings.